So, Birdo, today's episode is just going to be for patrons of the podcast, but I thought we would do an introduction. The reason why I want this to be page for patrons only is because you and I are going to be taking a personality test that is pretty involved, and we'll be talking about our own mm. personalities and our own... Foibles. Yeah, <laughs> and I would rather not have that go to literally everyone on the planet. Okay. I usually try to limit that to just the patrons. So, what do you say we find out what is wrong with the two of us? Berto, what do you say? Let's do it. All right. Today is the episode of a podcast called Psychology in Seattle, <laughs> and I am a co-host called Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I make deciduous Christmas trees. So this is a personality test that we're going to be taking. But Berto, what is personality? Yeah, it's funny you should ask. When I was about 12 or 11, my cousin, older cousin, she wasn't really my cousin. She was, they called her my cousin, but she, we weren't actually related. Good story. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> she was two years older than me and she always dated these older guys, but I had a major crush on her. Okay. And one day I remember she told me, well, the problem is you have no personality. Right. You've said that. Before. And <laughs> I was like, so puzzled by this. I'm like, person. I have no person. How does one acquire a personality? What do I have to do to have a personality? And it it always haunted me till the rest for the rest of my days. How does one acquire a personality? I think that uh, the way we're meaning it is, you know, sort of like what is our behavior with others, you know, with ourselves in social situations and things like that. But there's apparently some magic out there that if you have the right personality, you'll get the right girl. Okay, so that's a part of personality, but in and certainly in colloquial language, people say that person has personality. That person doesn't have personality. Right. That is not the way we use it in psychology. Personality, in a nutshell, is the, and this is my definition, the relatively consistent patterns of thinking, behaving, and feeling. So, in other words, Berto, you consistently, when you enter a party, are talkative. So mm -hmm. that is a consistent pattern of behavior that we would say is a description of your personality. It, it, it def makes us, when you add up all the qualities of our personality, the big ones and the small ones, it distinguishes us from other people. Right. So uh, another way of uh, thinking about this is that it's our interpretations, the way we interpret the world is based on our personality our emotional experiences and our emotional expressions are based on our personality. You know, mm -hmm. if someone is very expressive, then that's a personality trait. Whereas another person doesn't show their heart on their sleeve there. That's another, that's a part mm -hmm. of it. It seems consistent over time. And right, right, right. when you have friends, you can describe them like that person is very warm. That person is very cold. That person is very ambitious. That person is very into children. That person is really into saving the planet. Um, that person is very into their job or whatever. And uh, our motivations and behaviors are based on personality. Research shows that, as with many things, it's a combination of biology and, ex and ex our experience. And there are various different models and theories regarding personality. I could talk about this forever and ever, but, you know, commonly known models and theories are psychoanalytic behaviorism humanistic attachment um, that kind of thing but in terms of personality tests Berto what are some popular personality tests out there 
Myers Briggs. Right. What else? Uh-huh. We've actually taken a few. Yeah. Oh. There's the um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's the one where it gives you the like colors. Huh. What was it? What's that one? Well, we, we did do color Enneagram. like, a, we like did. I'm orange and okay, well, I don't know anyways. that one, but we did Enneagram. Enneagrams, yeah, right. And uh, astrology is another personality mm-hmm. typology based on when you're born. Also, you will see on Facebook, you know, which Harry Potter character are you? Right, like like, fi- like comparisons to fiction. Right. <laughs> and what makes all of these unscientific and not very useful, Berto? Because they are. Um, I, I mean, you know, so if we had enough samples and, you know, you had like aggregated it for a million people and then you randomized all those million people and then you actually tracked their behaviors in real life and then you compared it to their answers and then you could probably form something. But normally all these online tests, they have nothing of that. It's just kind of for fun, <laughs> you know, they, they, they right. make some, gener- some high level generalizations and then. Okay, what well, yeah, right. I think what you're saying is that a good, valid, reliable personality test predicts behavior. It predicts our interpretations. For example, if the Myers-Briggs gives you a typology and it says you are this kind of person, it should be able to predict what a group, you know, if you take 100 people with that typology with, you know, ENFJ or whatever, and you present them with a situation in a lab, like you have to help someone, but they're a jerk face, then we would see a signal there. There would be some kind of grouping based on the 16 types. But what we find is that that's not true. Um, What's another aspect of personality testing that you have to have in order to make it like a scientific and helpful thing? Sorry, but you're saying that that's not true even of like Myers Briggs, right? Oh, I. It's see. not true of Enneagram. It's not true of astrology. It's not true. I thought of you were Facebook. talking. Yeah, I thought you were talking about more of like the Facebook and the astrology ones. No, no, all of them. Uh, Facebook is just as unreliable as Myers Briggs and astrology and Enneagram, and it makes sense because Myers Briggs, astrology, and Enneagram were all established by people pre-science, essentially. Or Myers Briggs was during science, but it was developed unscientifically. It was developed based based on an interpretation of Jung, and it was just anecdotal. You ah, know, it's not based right. on it's not based on research. It's not based on okay. observation. But and I'm not saying Myers Briggs is useless. I'm not saying Enneagram is useless or astrology is useless. I'm just saying that we don't use it in psychology I because see. it's not scientific. Interesting. I, so nowadays you could, if you could get around the privacy aspects, but. If you asked people enough questions and then had simply statistical correlation to all their actual decisions, <laughs> then you could end up with a generated model of something that would would be predictive. And but, we do have, uh, we've approximated that. I mean, not every data point. Like Facebook but, has that. That's what Cambridge Analytica was exploiting. Yeah, and I'd be, I'd be curious as to what sort of typologies they have. I mean, it's basically just based on capitalism, but... But anyway, so why else are Myers-Briggs Astrology and Enneagram and Facebook not considered um, useful to, to psychologists? Why else? Yeah. Uh, they're probably biased. What do you mean? Uh, they were probably developed with you know certain cultural biases and yeah. geopolitical biases. Yeah. Well, really, all personality tests have baked-in bias because they're all developed by people with bias. So uh, that's not It really... also could be because of self-reporting. 
Right. The, you know. So so that's another issue. So let me just sort of comb through, yeah. which I think you're zeroing on a little bit. But uh, another thing is that your type changes too quickly and too mm-hmm. often. So with Myers-Briggs, we found that because one of the things about a personality type is that it's presumably a consistent, relatively consistent part of your personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, your personality can change over time for sure. But, and we'll get into that later. But generally speaking, if you're talking about a type, we're talking about something that can, you know, sort of stay consistent at the very least month to month or day to day. Right. Whereas with Myers-Briggs, Astrology, Enneagram, and Facebook, you, you don't find that. You, you find that people, when you test mm. groups of people, they don't stay in the same category from, from day to day, which indicates that it isn't really measuring personality. It's it's measuring something else, like your mood that day or, <laughs> or something, which is fine, but it, right. it you can't call it a personality test. The other... Um, aspect of these tests is that the types aren't actually different you know like some typologies just highlight positive traits and common flaws like Mm -hmm. you might hear someone say for astrology for example you know because you were born in this month you are hardworking, responsible pessimistic and stubborn Mm -hmm. well most people consider themselves to be hardworking and responsible i mean I'm guessing there's a minority of people who are just like, no, I'm a lazy SOB. I mean, everyone tries, you know, and stubborn. You know, I I would say that how do you quantify stubbornness? I mean, everyone has a stubborn streak, right? Right. And everyone has pessimistic, pessimistic streaks, you know, that kind of thing. So when you have these, uh, typically astrology is like this, but other uh, Enneagram is kind of like this as well, that. When you tell people, you know, you take the test and you tell people what type they are, you, you can actually uh, mix it all up and just say a random one back to someone. And they're right. like, oh, my God, that's so me. And that's <laughs> one of the ways that you test these things. Um, now, I know there's people out there that love Myers-Briggs. They love Enneagram. And that's fine. It can be useful. If it resonates with you, then great. But science has really tried to establish these tests because they're so widely used and they've been studied thousands upon thousands of times and they've really tried to say okay can this be useful Mm -hmm. as a personality construct and they've not been able to yeah they've not been able to do that again if it's useful just like if going to if you're a catholic and and that's useful to you right but science hasn't proven that god exists i found for example i found the myers-briggs useful at work because the people we did it as a team and then it was it opened up a conversation about different work styles and being accepting of other work styles right. and things so like that. So if if it facilitates a conversation yeah. and that enhances productivity and profit, <laughs> then right. it was it did its intention. Did it actually test personality or assess personality? Probably not. And then we had to write in red letters our letters in our forehead yeah. and as we walked people pointed and laughed. Yeah. Um the other thing that uh I can think of as to why some of these tests aren't very uh, respected is that the types basically just summarize your responses. Like if you said, you know, cause it's self report. And so yeah. one of the things true or false, I like sex and you say true. And then the, re- so they ask like 50 questions. And at the end they say, you're the type of person who likes sex. <laughs> and then the person's like, Oh my, oh God, my gosh, this is te- true. Yeah. A lot of tests are actually like that. Like, yeah. Um, a lot of the Enneagram and uh, Facebook tests, they're all 
kind of like <laughs> that. And it's like, yeah, well, you just asked a bunch of questions and then summarize the answers in a paragraph, and <laughs> it, and it doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Um, so well, it's like, have you seen the ones about what's your spirit animal? Yeah, it's the same idea because it asks you things like, "Would you rather fly, right, or swim?" And then in the end, it's like, oh, "I am a fish." That's crazy. I know. <laughs> so the tests that are actually used by psychologists and have uh, you know decades of um, you know, testing to establish its validity and reliability, meaning that it the test seems to be consistent over time when it's administered to the same person over time, and the the typology that it generates tends to be predictive of other things and are, and you've taken the MMPI and the MCMI. Oh, I forgot those. Yes. Years ago. This would yeah. have been 12 years those ago. Those were long. They like are. Yeah. 400 you, questions. Yeah. I think the MMPI takes like two hours, yeah. two or three hours. It's Didn't, boring too. Did Mandy take it or Lita mm-hmm. take it? Yeah. No, Mandy. Yeah. Mandy took it. Okay. Uh, the PAI and then the big five inventory is the uh, BFI. Right, two. right, right. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today is big five. And some of these other tests actually get at the big five. I think I'm pretty sure the PAI gets at it. But the big five personality traits are in psychology the seemingly most scientific and it most reliable in that when you test on the big five, so big five meaning there are five personality spectra that you, everyone sort of tests on, and that's what we're going to take, Berto. Got it. And what's well, like conscientiousness, right? Openness, openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, yeah. and uh, stable emotionally. Um, neuroticism is a is sort of the negative what's side. That's supposed to mean. And so. Uh, when we administer these tests and we give them a, you know, we rate you on, on these five different spectra, we find that over time you tend to test similarly. They do change over time potentially, but relatively stable over time, and it absolutely predicts behavior. There's so many studies showing mm-hmm. that people who are more open uh, react to this situation in this consistent in this consistent way. People okay. who are high on neuroticism have more physical ailments. You know, there, there's all sorts of associations that seem to uh, be borne out from from this typology. And you know, for people out there, it might be a little surprising because you would think that uh, personality would be pretty easy to categorize you know right. this person is X. an introvert yeah this person well introvert extroversion actually is a is one of the things but but this person sorry is, but, but even in that one for example as we've discussed before like a lot of us have aspects of of both right you know and yeah right but th- other dimensions like you know this person is type a you know mm. they're really ambitious you know that kind of thing and what we find is like it's really context dependent right some people who are labeled as ambitious are just that way because of the constraints that the context provides for them you know an example of that for me is at antioch when i uh, first started as a full-time professor i was you know one of the youngest if not the youngest professor on staff and everyone was on average, 20 years older than me, I was very intimidated, and I was quiet. I didn't talk much at all. I, I kind of went into a mode of just survival. Mm. Half the time, I didn't know what anyone was even talking about because uh, at university administrative 
talk as like a whole as a language, you know, and <laughs> all based on premises, I, I didn't really understand it at the, at the beginning. And so in the beginning, people called me reserved. Right. But Berto, among my friends, <laughs> no one would call me reserved. No, of course not. I, I mean, I'm the, uh, you and I are the loudmouths. Yeah. And so. I know I one re- more in our friendship group that's like that. <laughs> yeah. Am yeah. I reserved or am I a loudmouth? Right. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's context dependent. And, and we'll get into that. But so I, I want to, and we're going to take this test. It's going to take some time. There's, I don't know, 40 questions. We're going to kind of discuss our answers and it's going to be for patrons only. So Sounds good. if you want to hear the rest of this episode, become a patron of the podcast and then you'll be able to hear this episode along with hundreds of other episodes that are really our best episodes, our patron only episodes. Do it now, Berto, right? Do it now. All right. Welcome to the Patron Zone patrons. Before we go into the test, I want to do some OPPs. OPP. These people became patrons in May of 2019. And oh not only did they become patrons, but they have stayed patrons this entire That's time. That's pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's almost three years. We got Patricia from Birmingham, uh, Michigan. What? Yeah. Mississippi? In Birmingham, they Wait. burnt the gun. Well, anyway, MI. That's, I think that's Michigan, right? Anyway, Birmingham. We got Nicole from God Knows Where, Janina from God Knows Where, Jonathan from God Knows Where, Kimberly from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, mm. Kathy Oliver, Kathy and Oliver from God Knows Where, Lots Will God knows where. from Chicago, Patricia from Lima, Peru. Oh, Peru, representación. <laughs> Jonathan from Bellingham, just north of here. Odeal or Odele from Galloway, Ireland. Ireland. Odele. Odele. Grace from Boston, Mass. And Lila from London, Great Britain. Nice. Thank you for becoming patrons and staying patrons this whole Woo. time. All right, Berto. So let's you know, go. Um, I, back a while ago at my work, people like myself used to use the whole type A thing mm. in this like kind of self-deprecating way. But it was kind of like a wink, wink, low key brag. It's like, oh yeah, you know me. I'm just such a type A, and it's supposed to be like, ah, oh, because you know. But really, you're you're at the same time saying like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm the dominating one in a in a meeting. I'm the one everyone should look up to. Oh, is that what it meant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. You know, there's so many things like this, like the alpha male concept. Um, the type A though, it it actually is mildly used on the MPI. Um, but most of the discourse around type A is not scientific. Uh, there's, we did a whole episode on mm-hmm. it years ago, and the things that people associate with type A are very strange. There's like 50 different qualities, <laughs> you know. And um, anyway, but let's get into this test, Berto. So this test is on openpsychometrics.org. Um, I can't attest to the validity of it. I've taken it before. And found that it was seemed pretty accurate. Again, there are more um, standardized tests. The you know BFI two, by the way. All right, let's let's do this first question. Okay. I am the, I am the, so it's from disagree to agree at five point scale. I am the life of the party. I'm going to say I somewhat agree. Berto, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to put an agree. I, I generally tr- I make it my mission to light up a party. Yeah, well, I would say that uh, you know. One way to think about it is, are you in the twenty upper 20% of life of the party people? Yeah. I would say you definitely are. Right. right. Um, I feel little concern for others. 
I'm going to say a massive disagree on that. Yeah, exa- exactly. I'm all the way to the left on that. Yeah, so that's trying to assess compassion, empathy. And I would say that if I took this when I was younger, I, I probably would have been lower on the scale, uh, as probably you would have as well. Oh, massively. Uh, I, I discovered pretty late in life that I was actually pretty self-centered and unempathetic without knowing it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's not that I didn't care. I just was... I would almost tune out stimulus and then realize later, like, oh, I didn't even listen to that person. Right. The way that I describe it is with narcissism, they'll say lack of empathy, but that's not true. It's just impaired empathy. When you're so focused on the self for defensive reasons, you don't have time for other people. I am always prepared. That is a massive agree, Berto. I am. You are. You are. I am top 1% prepared. I'm going to go one left of neutral. <laughs> oh, one, really? Well, yeah. Um, maybe I'll... Uh, well, may, yeah. May, I mean, actually, I, I mean, globally, I would. I mean, it's not like you're a complete mess, but you're definitely a last-minute kind of person. I am a last-minute kind of person. So... I, even just this week, there was a team event at work, and, you know, it's all over uh, Zoom, let's say, and we're we're having this team meeting and everyone was supposed to prepare a two-minute thing that they were going to teach the rest of us and it could be on anything it was just like teach us about something in two minutes well i didn't do i forgot about this and of course it was kind of optional but we were all supposed to participate so i get a ping while the meeting is going while people are already presenting theirs from the the organizer hey your slide still says placeholder do you want me to just remove it and at first i was like thinking well yeah i didn't prepare anything but i'm like no, can I edit it? She's like, yeah. So I edited it and I said, how to improvise. And then I actually did a two-minute speech on how to improvise. <laughs> and it worked out. But yeah, I was not prepared. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, you're you're a functional human being. You're, yes. you're not dysfunctional. I will say that um, uh, 10 years ago, I would have put you at more of a disagree instead of a yeah. somewhat disagree yeah. because you were... Uh, I think more dysfunctional yes. or maybe on average you were still not in the lower, t- you know, 20th quadrant, but, um, but well, yeah, it is. It, it, okay. It is hard to put that there. If you actually look at how my life plays out. Right. But it is true that 10 years ago, that was that much more chaotic. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But, but for me, I take, so I didn't realize this was a thing that, I, I don't think I think I've only really zeroed in on this aspect of myself in the past five years, contrasting myself with other people. Just how much pleasure I get out of being prepared, like mm-hmm. as far in advance as possible. Right. Like uh, I want to go to the mass ascension in in North New Mexico. The what now? It's this mass ascension of hot air balloons. Oh, <gasps> in Albuquerque. Uh, I've been before, and I want to go again with Stacy. When you went last time, did you take the wrong turn? At Albuquerque? Yeah, at Albuquerque. Um, and I started to prepare for that trip. It's in October, mm-hmm. I believe. It's December now. But this is more than nine months from now. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> I, I, well, one, I had I had credits from my the airline right. because the lockdown canceled all of my flights, and I got all these credits, and... 
I have until the end of this month to mm. use them. <laughs> and so nice. I was like, well, I'll start preparing for that. Yeah, yeah. But I probably would have done that anyway because I just like to get things right. prepared, you know. And I uh, started to look around to buy tickets or to figure it out. And I, I was on their website and I couldn't figure out. There's a number to call. So I called them and I, I said, you know, I'm just trying to get a lockdown of the dates, trying to buy tickets. And she's like, I don't understand. What are you talking about? And I and I said, well, you know, the mass ascension in Albuquerque, this is the number that's on your website. And she's like, it's too early. We haven't even established what day it is yet. Ah. <laughs> you know? You beat the organizers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one, what the hell? Get your, get your shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, you're, you're a massive event, you know? That is a little surprising because it is a big event. And, yeah. And yeah. it's not hard to just establish a day. Right. It's probably a typically, like the last day of October, right, who right. knows, but, uh, but it was just an example of just like, I'm, I'm so like <laughs> hip on getting organized. I'm ahead of the organized. I get stressed out easily. I'm going to say somewhat disagree. I certainly can get stressed out, but on when I compare myself to other people, um, in fact, I might even, well, it kind of depends on the situation. Uh, I'm definitely an anxious person, so I can't be fully disagree. But when it comes to things like, like you know, throwing, we have a lot of parties at my house, and I've noticed that with Stacy, she gets real stressed, mm. and I'm just like, I have no stress. It'll work out. It, everything's fine. Yeah. Who cares? It's our friends yeah, yeah. or family. Like, yeah. we'll adjust. And she's just running around all stressed. So on that way, I'm completely disagree. But I do get anxious about something. So I'm going to somewhat disagree. I get stressed out easily. That's a hard one for me because on the one hand, I'm very much like you, maybe even more so. Yeah, definitely more so where, and you know, this is true at work. This is true with other friendships and things. It's like, I will just sit there and be like, it, it's, it's fine. It's going to work out. But we haven't done blah. I know. I know. It'll, it's fine. But at the same time, my stress response gets triggered my anxiety, let's say, gets triggered by things out, like a lot of times seemingly out of my control. And so it's sort of a weird, like my autonomic side does feel stressed a lot, but my mental side doesn't. <laughs> so I'm going to go probably uh, neutral on that one, like right in the middle. So is your wife more stressed out about things than you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when, like you were saying, like if we have people coming over, like guests, like, well, here's here's the extent of it. So we have these cleaners that come every other week to help clean the house. She has to clean the house the day before the cleaners come. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and it's like, it's Sunday. Everyone, we need everyone to cooperate today. We got to clean the house. I'm like, what? We have cleaners coming tomorrow. I know. That's why we got to clean that. I'm like, she's like, well, I'm not going to like, like clean every like dust and stuff, but we got to straighten everything out and do it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But it's like this big stressful thing. If we're going on a trip, it's like, oh, the end of the world, three weeks from the trip i don't know how we're gonna get ready we won't be able to leave so <laughs> as you're listening follow along and maybe think about yourself these questions zero in on consistent personality traits that's the whole point of the big five so for berto and i generally speaking we don't get stressed out we can feel stress yes. it's not like we don't feel stress but when like a lot of people would, you know, for example, even just starting a podcast, right? Or especially when no one was listening, you know, <laughs> or and then especially when people were listening, 
there's a lot of stress. And uh, for a lot of people, they would just avoid that. They'd right. just be like, this is too much. I can't do this. Or I don't even want to. Why would I want to do that? Or when we do live shows, it's like, yeah. why would we want to create more <laughs> more stress for ourselves? That's too stressful. But uh, this consistent personality trait of emotional regulation and sort right. of chillness, if you will, is is a consistent part of who we are and a part of how we feel and a part of how we see the world and affects our behavior over time. And I think over time, over the years, we have proven to ourselves that in general, things can work out. You yeah. know? And even when something doesn't work I- ideally, it's not the end of the world. We'll yeah. work through it. And of course, context dependent, not only for our personalities, but also the development of our personalities. Yeah. We're men, so we were treated with favor. We're men of color, so we were treated slightly unfavorably because of that, but probably mostly favorably. And that one uh, de- helped develop our personality of the various things that we'll talk about and get into. And our personality within a context of privilege operates differently. If you and I were to take our personality and move to a country that discriminated against us all day long, we would <laughs> become perhaps a little bit more, I get stressed out easily, agree. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. All right, next question. I have a rich vocabulary. Um, I'm going to say neutral on that. I, I I think among educated people, I'm low, but among average people, I'm probably average. So I'm going to say neutral on I have a rich vocabulary. Isn't it pronounced Rick? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go one right of neutral. I, I use a lot of weird words at work. So, yeah. I don't talk a lot. I don't talk a lot. Uh, that's a big <laughs> disagree. <laughs> what, Berto, what's lower than disagree? <laughs> I just broke the site. I tried to click left of my phone. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, definitely yammer, yammer, yammer. Um, you know, when me and my wife walk the dogs, uh, it's kind of our time to, to download, and 95% of the downloading is, is from me. I am interested in people. Yeah, absolutely. Big agree on that. I, I've, that's what draw me to psychology and... When I decided to become a therapist, I remember thinking, oh, my God, this will totally satisfy my lifelong fascination with humans and the, <laughs> why they do the shit that they do. What about you, Bert? Yeah, I'll go one, one right of neutral. I am interested in people, probably less than you are, but I am. <laughs> I leave my belongings around. Big disagree on that. Uh, you know, that's trying to get at conscientiousness. I am one of the most uh, anal. I'm not... I'm not upsettingly anal. Like, I don't, I don't, like, well, right. one thing is me and Stacy are almost identical in our non clutter cleanliness mm-hmm. thing. She's probably a little more non cluttery than I am. Like, um, well, it depends. <laughs> anyway, point is, is that, um, I, I wouldn't impose it. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those annoying anal people that is like, gross or what's going on yeah. with you? Like, I'm okay with other people's clutter. Um, or even Stacy's or something like it, it doesn't it doesn't get under my skin. But if if I'm not bothering other people, I love to organize. I love to put things in their place. When I'm talking on the phone, sometimes I'll just kind of reorganize my <laughs> my bookshelf, you know, just to right. make, dust things off, and nice. uh, and it, it makes me feel good. What about you, Bert? 
So, you know, our friend Ron is definitely in a full agree. His place, I remember all the time going to his place when he was a kid. Now, it's impeccable. Hmm. Like, everything's in place. Very, very meticulous. I'm not that. I'm probably a neutral. I don't have a mess everywhere. Like, I don't have my crap everywhere. But things do pile up a bit. I don't keep it as tidy. Mm-hmm. So, neutral. I almost feel like your house in Eastgate was m- less cluttery than your places subsequently. I wonder if I had fewer kids back then. (laughs) (laughs) I am relaxed most of the time. I am relaxed most of the time. I'm going to say, yeah, most of the time, agree. Uh, I am relaxed most of the time, yeah. Before I got sick over the last year, I would have said agree. So I'm going to keep it to agree. It's just a little bit less relaxing year. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? It's kind of hard to be relaxed when I'm constantly thinking about my health. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about? Like, I'm going to die? Or... Yeah. Like, oh, am I going to have to go to the hospital again? What's going to happen with this? What Did, did yeah. that test come out okay? Like, all these. All right. It's hard to be relaxed when that's happening. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all right. I have difficulty understanding abstract ideas. Uh, no. Um, I would say that I'm pretty good with abstract ideas. I'm not so sure I get this question. So disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go disagree. Full on. Um, I feel comfortable around people. Agree. Big agree on that. I feel very comfortable. Yeah. Particularly same. as I get older. I, I feel uh, I feel so... With, like one of the things that... You know that... Com- have you seen that commercial where... Is it... Well, I don't even know what they're advertising, which is a big failure on it. But they there's um, uh, an older guy who's helping millennials not be like their parents in public. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. So these these like millennial <laughs> age, concept. like I don't know, twenty eight year old people are, you know, they're saying like, you can you can I don't know what the premise is. It's like mm-hmm. you can be safe like your parents, but you don't have to act like your parents. You can mm-hmm. have a, you can have good insurance like your parents, but you don't have to act like your. T- Interesting. And so this so one of the traits that they often will have gags around is. The someone, this guy will be walking around the grocery store and will walk up to the manager and say, hey, I just want to tell you that uh, Steve in the butchery area, he's top notch. And then this the coach comes over and says, no, 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 no. He doesn't want he doesn't care. You, you don't need to tell him that. You know? And so um, I feel like as I get older, I'm much more likely to say stuff yeah, to yeah. the you know, the cashier <laughs> within reason. Totally. Whereas 20 years ago, no way. No, no. I'd be too afraid. So when I, when I was young, I was always actually very uncomfortable around people that uh, even family members to some extent, certain family members, like um, I would go over to my grandma Liti's house where you were and she would have these big parties with lots of adults. All You'd be uncomfortable? Stuff. I was extremely uncomfortable. I have a hard time envisioning that. Yeah, because... How I, old were you? You, uh, you know, let's say 12, 10, 12, around that yeah. age. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I felt like, oh, God, everyone's judging me, and I, I, I don't belong here. And like, it's just really weird. Uh, as I grew old, uh, what older... What would you have been doing? Like, just sitting in a corner or something? Or would you be no. overcompensating by talking a lot? No, I would just be kind of wandering around. It's like, oh, you're getting so big. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Well, you tweens, know. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And then, as I grew older, I slowly started getting a little more comfortable. And then... I think something happened for sure. Somewhere, I, probably late 20s or something, where I was like, 
started caring less. And then in my 30s, it was accelerated. Now in my 40s, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And so I used to be so embarrassed when I would go to the store with my dad when I was a kid because he did that. He would talk to everyone. And how is your day? How are you? And I was like, oh, dad. Oh, my gosh, dad, you're embarrassing me. Now I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and again, it's context dependent, but I, like I was talking about earlier uh, at Antioch at the university, uh, for the first number of years, I was terrified of talking to people mm-hmm. for the reasons you had when you were 12. And now when I walk around Antioch, like I have, I feel like I'm at home, you know, I'm yeah. just like, I don't, I don't, I don't care what happens. <laughs> I don't care if I do something stupid and you know, so that's interesting that that would have changed, you know, over time. Yeah. And then now the, the, I put mine not at full agree. I put it one left of agree because there are some groups, some groups of people that I still would not feel comfortable around. For example, if I go to like a sports bar and everyone is loudly talking about their sports teams and all these things. Well, you just don't have anything in common. Yeah. And so I will feel not comfortable. I'll feel uncomfortable and I'll be like, I hope they don't ask me anything. I hope they don't ask me anything. And then I'll have to pretend a lot like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh. Well, you're in line to potentially to win the championship of our, <laughs> our fantasy, fantasy football, football league. league. Uh, yeah. Um, next question. I insult people. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, but not as a rule. So I'm going to say somewhat disagree because I can. I, one, I, I realized years ago that I have a sense of humor that definitely involves making fun of people uh, within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I actually try not to make fun of you, Berto, in, in public because a lot of people do that excessively with you. And so I actually, I feel like that's just kind of a, a trope. Well, actually, that- they don't. There are some people that, just like with everything, stand out and make it feel like that's the case. Yeah. But... Generally, they don't. It's just like we can name some people that I guess seem with to those do it groups, all the time. Yeah, I guess with those groups, yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm like, I'm not gonna fall into that stupidity. Yeah. Um, but in in other situations, I find myself, and and sometimes I'll take it too far. Like I'll find yeah. myself, like, and I sometimes I I dwell on these like jokes that I mm. said about someone, and I feel like I just have like um. Not a mean streak, but I came from groups of dudes who made fun of each other a lot. Same, you know? same, yeah. And so it, there's a repertoire of of jokes that are at the ready, <laughs> I guess. Dude, when I was in junior high, me and my friends, most of us anyways, were vicious to each other. And I had to reconstitute my brain when we met back up in our early 20s and not do that. Because we're like, wow, this sucks if that's how we're going to interact with each other. Yeah. So there's that thing, and but I also will say that when I get pushed or I'm in a mood, I can be very uh, venomous <laughs> toward, as you probably have been <laughs> recipient of. And so, but it's rare, I would th- hope, and... So I can't say disagree, I insult people. I got to go somewhat disagree. Yeah, I'll go somewhat as well. Why? Because, like, I, I do sarcastic comments at people all the time, which are probably somewhat insulting. And I, I mean, don't mostly know, online. Bro, I, don't, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if the word insult would, is accurate. I, uh, I, th- I think, honest, my experience of you with me and everyone around is a, is a disagree on that one. 
could be, but and maybe nowadays for maybe now more so, but I've certainly in in clubs and certainly online I have used sarcasm but you're as not, a weapon. <laughs> but you're trying to bring them into the joke. Like that clickbait uh, thing that, <laughs> when you're making fun of Paul. Well, oh, really? Yeah. So maybe I just haven't seen that. Because yeah. you tell me about your Facebook political yeah. fights and stuff. Well, like, for example, I this is back like at the W days. Yeah, the, our, it's a dance old dance club in Seattle. I, I would, if I found like someone was being snotty, I would oh, try to yeah. make very sarcastic over their head remarks. Right. You I know, remember that. A little insulting. I remember. You would, it was usually when you were drunk. Yeah. And you would just uh, target something. You'd just be yeah. like, I'm going to get that person. Yeah. But granted, that was a much younger me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I pay attention to details. Uh, that's a big agree for me. I, well, golly. I mean, in some situations, I'm also impatient. So, like, people will hmm, send. Interesting. I, like, actually, I got, a, I got a letter from the IRS yesterday. And it was to my old address. And I got all upset. And I was just like fuming. I'm like, who I've, I've, you know, when I moved to this new house, I, I spent hours and days and months changing, changing yeah. all the God freaking damn um, right. addresses, you know, especially when you have a corporation and you yeah. have all these things like everything. Dep- There's so many addresses you have to change. And I spent that time and I have this whole again with my conscientiousness I have this whole spreadsheet right. with all these notes and like little caveats and and I'm like the IRS what the hell hmm. and I'm all pissed off and then today I sat down to call the IRS and you know oh fuck I'm gonna spend like three hours on the goddamn phone I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna I have to call my accountant because he probably he might have sent some stupid form that fucked us all up I'm getting real bent out of shape and then I read the fucking letter and it says <laughs> We we noticed you changed your address. This is the last thing we're going to send to this address because we're going to start sending things to your new address. <laughs> okay. They didn't list the new address, but right, they just right, mentioned. Right. So they got it. It's so good. they got it. Yeah. So and so oh, yeah. I pay attention to details. Yes, but I'm also impatient, which can interfere with my love of details. Yeah, it's interesting. So I am a very selective with this one. So overall, I'd almost go slightly disagree because there are so many times where I don't pay attention to details. But with things that I'm really interested in. Because of in, your impatience? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But with things that I'm really interested in, as you know, I can like deep dive and deeper dive and deep, deep, deeper dive. Hmm. So I, yeah, but still overall, I probably go slightly disagree. Right. At work, you're not a detail or you're, you wouldn't people wouldn't call you like minutia oriented no. yeah yeah the other thing i'll say about oh, this oh, sorry sorry although it's funny in fact i just got called out on this the other day by my boss he called me rabbinical you know like a rabbi who oh. is very precise about the torah and stuff which i guess that's an inappropriate comment at work these days but <laughs> anyways I, because i was correcting him repeatedly on details so the thing is, and this is true of me, it was true of my dad. I Once I know a subject area well, then I get really pedantic and detail-oriented about it. Mm. Uh, I worry about things. Um, definitely on the agree side, but not on the severe. Well, so I have anxiety, and I manage it pretty well. 
but I think everyone generally worries about things. <laughs> so I don't know in terms of like where I fit in the 20 percentile of this situation. Um, I probably wouldn't put myself above neutral, honestly, because, mm. um, you know, I mean, because when I think about it at first, I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm an anxious person. I've always been an anxious person. I, I definitely have worry problems. But on average, and also when I think about all the things that I see other people worrying about, I don't worry about any of those things. Hmm. And I I always figure things will work out. You know, I have a pretty interesting, pretty good. I, I'm an optimist. You know, generally speaking, you know, like I often will ra- rant about global warming and yeah. climate change. Uh, I don't think about that very much, though. I don't mm-hmm. worry about it. I. I'm con- I'm massively intellectually concerned, but emotionally, if I don't think about it, it doesn't plague me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and given my understanding of all the people I work with who do worry, uh, I'm going to actually put somewhat disagree, even though it feels weird to say that. But if I really think on average and all the different aspects of my life, I think I'm definitely in the 20 to 40% percentile on, on general worrying. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to go somewhat agree. And this one, again, is a weird one for me. If you know me well, you know that I tend to be uh, a little hypochondriac or a little, you know, we've talked about this before, or a little bit preoccupied with this, that, and the other thing. At night, I'm like, okay, did I lock the door? Did I set the alarm? Oh, what if someone was going to... And I keep thinking... I oh, wonder really? If I, should... I didn't know yeah, you yeah. had those kind of but, but remember where I grew up, too, right? So right. I I'm probably have some trauma from right. Bogota, right? But that goes through my head. And, and then I'll be the person who's like, no, 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 no. Don't put that box so close to the stove because if that's still hot, that's going to burn. Or it's like, I, you keep putting that paper on the toaster oven. But one of these times, the toaster oven will still be hot. That's going to burn. We're going to have a fire. Or like, wait, did anyone just take the dog out? Because I'm that person. So I'm always worrying about like, like no, no, don't climb on that thing. Because if you fall backwards, that's how you can break your neck. Yeah. Right? Well, were you the same when you were... Uh, without kids well when i was young i probably wasn't that way but i maybe i got hurt enough in life where i was like okay i gotta worry about everything (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting because on the surface i think most people would think birdo is the most chill right non-anxious person but i know you well enough to know that you're pretty hyper vigilant about and this is what makes one of the things that makes me good at work i am that person it's like no 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 we shouldn't do that because of this and that and the other thing Uh uh-huh yeah you would have been the George Harrison about the the yes, concert. Into, that doesn't make sense in Libya. Well, it's that's a funny one. Actually, actually, I would have, no. You would have been the one. You would have. Been, I would have been Paul. Like we gotta go do this. Yeah, because it's it's not just different modes. I guess. Yeah, different modes. What what it would have been is like no no the boat's fine. However, we do need to make sure we don't drown. So we need to have lifeboats in place. We need to have backup lifeboats in place. We need yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, so this so so this big five this version of the test is trying to get at neuroticism and yeah. emotional stability. And I would say that uh you and I um it's interesting to think about over time I I've, I've I've come to see you as more anxious than me. Yeah. Which I would not have thought 5 years ago. I do have a veneer or a surface level that looks sort of calm at first mm-hmm. and then when you start well and when you talk <laughs> about your anxieties you're not particularly very vulnerable you're right. not vulnerable in 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 almost anything you talk what do about. you mean <laughs> <laughs> you, you come across like 
and I've sometimes even asked you like how yeah. you're doing. You're like, you'll say like, oh, well, things are pretty crappy. Anyway, let's let's yeah, let's yeah. podcast <laughs> instead of like really taking the yeah, time to yeah. sit there. You know, it's true. Um, so I, with that personality trait, it's sometimes hard to see how how anxious you actually are. Right. Yeah. I think I'm going to upgrade myself to neutral because uh, okay. somewhat disagree. I worry about things just seems too silly. You worry that you may have undercounted. <laughs> I have a vivid imagination. Um, I'm going to say big agree on that as well. I've always been, um, you know, imagining things and making up stories. And if you just look at all the various things I've done in my life, yeah. uh, I, I have a... A, a minor obsession with creating. I think your, you and I are friends primarily originally yeah. because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm same. I'm, if I could go right of agree, I would, <laughs> uh, I keep, I keep in the background. I keep in the background. What in the world does that mean? I keep, like you try to stay out of the, oh, the spotlight. I stay in the background. Yeah. Um, no, I, I stay in the background <laughs> as we are doing our yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say disagree on that one. Um, um, it's weird. Again, I oh sorry. Are you are you done with yours? Yeah. Okay. See, I tried to just not be in the background just now. <laughs> I, but it is a little bit of a split. Like when I and this might be true for a lot of people that have a lot of visibility and then they don't want it in some context. Like you hear this with celebrities where they just want to go to the store, man. So same for me. Like yeah, I want the spotlight, but only when I want it. Sometimes I don't want the spotlight. But I'm mostly gonna say I keep in the background is uh somewhat disagree for me really like so you again if we're using the metric and i don't know if this is right but that you believe you're in the 20 to 40 percent mm. rather than the zero to 20 percent you know what i mean of the people that oh, like I to see. stay yeah. in the background because i think right. everyone would like to go to the store and not, all right all right fine, I mean? fine fine i put myself in fully disagree yeah because because yeah. the other way to say about it is like do you like to be in the foreground? Sure, sure. Yes, and I do. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. both like to be in the yeah, foreground. Yeah. No, I like it more than you. <laughs> uh, you probably do. I sympathize with others' feelings. Uh, yeah, it's a big agree. Again, that's probably, or that's definitely increased um, over the past 25 years. I think this is why we made a list about how often we cry in movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I remember when I first became a therapist, uh, I had a lot of the, I think, innate, personality traits that help a therapist interest in humans interest in psychology interest in what makes people tick interest interested in helping people but true sympathy true empathy was i remember noticing that other people had a lot of it yeah. classmates of mine and i remember thinking either i just have to accept that or I've got to build that muscle. Yeah. And I thought, well, this will be interesting to see. Can you develop that muscle? And the way that I always thought about it was a maternal energy that I would see oh. of like that mom come to me. I have a mm -hmm. warm blanket for you to hug you. You know, you're safe here. You right, know? right. And I didn't have any of that energy as a 25-year-old douchebag that I was <laughs> in 1996, you know. Uh, and set out to develop it. And I feel like, you know, I have not to the extent of others for sure, but I think, you know, I developed it. So you and I followed a similar path because in my 20s, I would let strangers suck on my nipples at clubs. Yeah. 
How, how does that scan? The maternal thing. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I make a mess of things. Um, no, disagree. I do not. I'm not a messy person. Mm, I have not made a mess of things, but I have, sorry, I have made a mess of things, but I don't think I make a mess of things on a regular basis. But there are times that I have messed up majorly. So well, I'm, I think it has to do with like physical messiness, though. I make oh, a mess okay. of things. Okay, I am going. Okay, I'm going to take it in either case, and I'm going to go neutral on this one. Okay, plead the fifth. I seldom feel blue. Uh, yeah, that's that's an agree. I, I uh, depression is not one of my problems. I, I realized that a long time ago. Yeah, if I didn't feel depressed this last year, I don't feel depressed. Yeah. I'm not interested in ab- abstract ideas. Uh, disagree strongly. Strongly disagree. I'm only interested in abstract ideas. I mean, <laughs> all of psychology is abstract. <laughs> I start conversations. Um, I mean, definitely on the agree side. Let me just think about how much. Um, it's gotten. I've I've started more conversations as I've gotten older, and I'm definitely comfortable starting conversations. I don't I don't worry about that. So would I put myself in the top 20%? I probably would. So even though I, I'm not like a compulsive conversation starter, <laughs> but, but I'm, you know, and at work I, I can be kind of quiet because I'm just like, eh, let's just get through the day at the university. But I would say I'm in the top 20%. Yeah. I'm the elevator guy. I am the one that's like, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh, what's, oh, what's good? Yeah, you're and, definitely higher than me. And I'm the one in the meetings every time. Like, the meeting starts, it's awkward, it's silent, and I'm like, how's everyone doing? Did anyone watch the thing? You know, like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, for yeah. reals. So. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's more than me. Um, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm going to go somewhat agree, cause in contrast to what you're talking about. Um, I'm not interested in other people's problems. Uh, that's a disagree, given my profession. <laughs> you know, okay, it used to be I would... I would have thought, like, if you had asked me when I was, like, 21, are you interested in other people's problems? I would have probably said, oh, yes. But in reality, in practice, like I said, I was probably in one ear, out the other, like, you know, not chronically, not to everyone. So I've gotten much better about this, but I'm still going to put myself, like, in neutral. I think that there's a lot of times where I'm not. So, yeah. And I would say that I've always been interested in other people's problems. I, in high school and college i remember and in parties i would ask i would find my way getting in conversations to talking about people's deepest fears and stuff mm. and people would come out of the corner and be like what are you guys talking about you know <laughs> and i'd be like i don't know it's just more interesting i get chores done right away um my god that is a big agree <laughs> i i uh, i pride myself on doing things right away you know like i get the mail i process the mail um laundry you know get the laundry done you know i i do my chores right away yeah so i don't (laughs) i am a i guess i'm gonna have to go disagree here i definitely am a procrastinator really yeah i i would like to say i've gotten better but i mostly have gotten i've gotten better at automating things so i don't have to so, as an example, I have tons of bank rules set up for automatic pay- bill payments, and I have automatic transfers set up for savings. Oh, I didn't know you could do things. that. Yeah, yeah. I've auto bill paid on almost everything. Huh. And uh, so anything that I can automate, I do because otherwise I'm going to be like, oh, shoot, it's due. Darn. Yeah. 
<laughs> I am easily disturbed. I am easily disturbed. Uh, disagree side. Do I ever get dis? No, I'm 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 definitely like not. Well, it depends on what they're talking about. Like because with human. One of the things that I noticed about myself in my early career is when, or even before I was a therapist, when people talked about like fantasies of killing people or something, I yeah. I never was rattled. I remember just feeling like, huh. And I always thought that was kind of weird because you'd think that it meant that I'd been there, done that, but right. I but I hadn't. Somehow it just didn't really rattle me or something. But at the same time. I'm extremely disturbed by our culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So, but that's not easily. That's like, you know what I mean? Oh. It, it's not like you have little reason to be disturbed. No, but but it's you know my wife understands the same cultural prom- problems that 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 I you know we both see the same problem. But I get real bent out of shape, you know, and I get real mm. um, ranty and upset about it. And it, and so in those times, I I I would say that I, I get easily disgusted is yeah. probably a word for it, but disturbed. I think I think what they mean by disturbed is like emotionally kind of wrecked on a yeah, certain level, yeah. and and I def I definitely don't get that. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say strongly disagree because I think that's what they're getting at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I I think so many times in my life, and. S- especially in my last 20 years where someone's like, okay, I'm going to tell you, but you promise not to judge me or, okay, I'm going to tell you, but uh, I hope you're sitting down or whatever, you know? And then they tell me, I'm like, oh, okay. Like there's this one time that uh, a, a wife of someone I know was confessing something huge to us and was super embarrassed about it and didn't know if we could, we would still feel the same way. And then they, she told us and it was, and I, I guess it is a big deal, but to me, I was like, "Oh, okay, that that's interesting," right. you know. So, I guess I don't. So I'm disagree. Uh, I have excellent ideas. <laughs> I mean, that's like narcissistic to say, but uh, I uh, I would say most of my ideas are not excellent. <laughs> I would say most of my ideas are pretty stupid, but I have had some excellent or you know useful ideas. Um, hmm. that's a hard one. I have excellent ideas. I'm going to say neutral on that. Well, but let me ask you this, though. Do you try to implement every idea that comes into your head? No. No. So maybe I have excellent ideas isn't just about every thought that comes to mind, but really, do you try to implement excellent ideas? And do you get them enough that you can implement excellent ideas? And I mean, I think about the podcast, for example, yeah. and there's there's been thousands of ideas that I have had run through my head, and I've implemented many, and some have failed, and some have worked. So on that metric, I would say that I, I have good ideas because it's working. But when I think about other kinds of ideas, like, Stacy and I will be planning a party or something mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll have this idea and Stacy will be like, I don't think that's going to work. And I'll be like, but it sounds so awesome. But it you know, it's awesome. sort of the, the yeah. Paul, let's have a concert in Libya. It's those kinds of ideas that are not excellent. So, um, I don't know. So I'll give myself a somewhat agree. Okay. I, I think I'm going to have to go neutral on this one because I, I think I balance myself out. I really have some really great ideas, and I've had some really disastrous ideas. Like what? Like, you know, when I 
when I quit my job in 2008. But that, that's not and, fair. That's not a bad idea. It was a good idea. No, no, no. no. Quitting see. wasn't a problem. It was the subsequent investments I made. Oh. <laughs> Those were really bad ideas. Oh. But I'm, I'm j- just in general, I have a lot of ideas that like you're describing. I would describe them to people and they'll go, uh, that, uh, that's crazy. But then I have some really great ideas too. Yeah. So I'm just going to put myself in neutral. Yeah, I think I'll put myself neutral. And yeah. I think, by the way, I think that's okay because think about a lot of the creators we love. They've also had terrible ideas yeah. and great ideas. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Well, I think that this is um, openness to ide- openness to experience is like good ideas. Anyway. Like maybe you have to have both. So I think what it's getting at, I think both of us should do somewhat agree, honestly, because what this question is trying to get at, I believe, is openness to experience, which okay. has to do with yeah. like you are open to ideas you think you're like kind of optimistic and you like to think up things you like to yeah. create things just and true. i just think that that question isn't just very good i think it should be like i i have i have many ideas yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to having many ideas and contemplating i think that's i so i think we should go somewhat agree i will i will go somewhat agree. um i have little to say <laughs> disagree on that Strong disagree. I have a soft heart. I have a soft heart. Um, Definitely on the agree side. I'm going to go somewhat agree because I know people that have even softer hearts than me. In fact, I might think of you as having a softer heart than me in some ways, Berto. It depends, man. I um, And certainly I've changed some of these views, but I used to have really draconian views when it came to crime and punishment. Um, I don't have a soft heart for... So I don't think it's, I don't think it's political. Are, I think it's people close to you, you know? I guess. Like, but if, if you're like, hey, but this person, so this person did this bad thing, but here's a whole bunch of mitigating factors. No, like your kids fall down and hurt their knees. Yeah. Do you f- have a soft heart? Yeah, for, of course. Yeah. But I don't know. More than average? But I mean, I guess, but I have to be able to compare myself to someone who's like, no, under no circumstances should we punish anyone. But I don't think yeah. I don't think you should go political. But I, it's not political. That's about people. Yeah. I don't care what politics you are. Like, well, it's a it's a governmental rule of law. Oh, it could be it could be about a a student thing. Like, we shouldn't punish students. Or I think this has to do with just daily interactions. Sure, or even about parenting, though. It doesn't have to be political. It's like kids. You shouldn't discipline kids. Like, I'm definitely not. <laughs> like that. I, I draw pretty clear lines. Punishments are meted out and kept. Yeah. So, and it's like, but I wanted to. Sorry. Well, compared so, to your wife, who has the bigger heart for your kids? That's a great question, but it also, I think, varies in terms of the topic. That's, I, because there's some things that I think she's too permissive on, and there's others that I know I'm too permissive on. So, I don't know. Because of a big heart or because you're too lazy to parent? It's not laziness. It's more of the, the, it's the thing about I don't stress as much. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, if they fall down, it's, you know, they'll Or it's they'll like, live. it's nine o'clock, they're not asleep. I'm like, I know. Yeah. You know. But then there's other things like, well, So that's not soft heart related. That's just like. But she wanted to watch the, the show. I'm like, I know, but she didn't do the dishes. Yeah. What right. are you going to do? Yeah, it's interesting to, to see you and your wife parent. Like, on some level, I see, you know, you being more of a pushover in some ways i see her being more of a yeah, pushover. Yeah. it's kind of weird i don't know i'm i'm gonna go s- somewhat agree somewhat agree yeah 
And I'm just trying to think, like, uh, do people have... Because, like, Stacy in, in some ways, has a bigger heart than me, for sure, for humans. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, you know, I feel like she has a bigger... Well, but I don't know, there's... It's a weird one. You know, I have a soft heart. I have a soft heart. Because in some ways, I have a really big soft heart. You know? <laughs> like, in some ways, I'm so attuned and like a lightning... You know, I'll, I'll be talking with my students, and, and, I'll, and I'll notice, I'll hear a thing that they'll say. You know, I had a student last quarter who didn't explicitly say this, but I detected that she felt like the like graduate school wasn't going very well mm. you know and i didn't need to attend to that she's just a student in my class what's it she's not my advisor right, you right. know she's not my friend I, but i was like oh no i don't want that to happen that yeah. that sounds bad like how can i help and right, right and so i you know made it a mission to help her with that and and did a you know a fair amount of effort emotionally and practically to to help her. So in some ways, you know, I would say, you know, I have a huge soft heart, but in other ways, I don't know. Ah, mm. jeez, uh, I'm gonna say. Why don't you somewhat agree then? Okay, um, mm. I often forget to put things back in their proper place. No, disagree. So I'm gonna go somewhat disagree because it, it almost matters if I care <laughs> because. The things that I most that I care about, I'm meticulous. Like my keys always go in the same place. Okay, I all think the that's time. A, that's a pretty big metric. Like, how, do you ever lose your keys? Never. Yeah, me neither. And uh, cell phone, everything's got its place. Everything's always in the right place. However, there's some things that you know, someone else, like maybe my wife or other people, might say, like, "How come you didn't put this thing back in its thing?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh, yeah, sorry," you know. And it's there are some things that I care less about and so I'm a little more. So I'm going to go somewhat disagree. And this is getting at conscientiousness. Yeah. I get upset easily. Not really, but sometimes for sure, sometimes for sure, you know, you and I are playing age of empires and I can (laughs) lose my shit. (laughs) Um, So it's either somewhat disagree or neutral. I get upset easily. I'm going to go somewhat disagree because because I'm pretty even keeled. Yeah, it's not easy to upset me on a daily basis. This is why I was trying to push back on you on the other thing. Look, I hear a lot of things on the news that definitely upset me. But on a day-to-day basis, like just wandering around town, dealing with things at work with other people, I don't. I don't get upset easily, you know? So what are you going to so do? So I got somewhat disagree. Um, I do have a... I do not have a good imagination. Uh, disagree. Yeah, same. I talk... To a lot of different people at parties, agree. Same thing. Like, I, I end up talking to everyone. As you know, I end up sort of like making it my role to be like, I want to make sure everyone feels included. Yeah. So. I am not really interested in others. Uh, disagree. I'm not really interested in others. Yeah. Uh, I am interested in others. But I'm not that interested in others. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go somewhat disagree. Yeah, me too. I'm going somewhat disagree because uh, there's times where I'm like, ah, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I like order. Uh, definitely, I like order. So this is an interesting one for me. I like order. I really do. 
But I clearly don't like order enough to where I always have to have meticulous order around me. Right. So I'm going to go somewhat agree. Yeah, for me, I haven't talked about this yet, but as I answer these questions, one of the things I think about was when I became program director of my Mm -hmm. program at Antioch. And so many of these personality traits came into sharp focus that I realized, oh, I am meticulous Mm. because it was ruining my life. (laughs) Because, you know, a program, when you're managing dozens of professors and coordinating with dozens of other programs Mm. and, you know, and the dean and the president and, and you have hundreds of students and you have, you know, dozens every three months coming in and leaving, you know, it's this huge, chaotic human system. And... I hated it when things were not in order, when something slipped through the cracks (laughs) and there were so many things. And the only way I could establish orderliness and cleanliness was if everyone did their job. Yeah. But everyone doesn't do their job. Yeah. And even people under me, and I would tell them, if you don't do your job, I'm going to fire you. They would still, like there was this professor who- who I was like, you know, the the admissions or the, you know, the, the sort of office at the university, they're telling me, you have a professor who hasn't filled out her, her grades yet for the students. And it's like two months later. Oh, yeah. And this is like a federal law kind of thing. Yeah. Like, 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 it's like, it's like buying a hamburger and they don't give you a hamburger. Like yeah, this yeah. is, it's not, it's not legal. Like you, you yeah. paid for a, a, a grade and evaluation essentially. And, and so I would tell, you know, this is just one of the thousands of things I would deal with. And I would tell the professor, I'd be like, look, you know, you got to do it. Like, okay. A couple of weeks later, did you do it? No. Well, you got to do it. Oh, okay. A couple of weeks later, did you do it? No. If you don't do it in a week, I don't know what else to tell you. I have to fire you. Yeah. Because, I, I I don't care how good of a professor you are, your you have to your lack your your and this only takes you an hour to do. It doesn't take yeah. that long. I have people breathing down my neck. You know yeah. what I mean? And and I could get fired because yeah. of because of you. So and and then it eventually happened. Where can you, you imagine? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> like someone just and I don't know what was going uh-huh. on. If it was depression or and I, I mean, I've had to fire people before, so I guess I can't imagine it. But something over just so uh, easy to do, yeah. you know, something obvious. And um, I offered to help. Obviously, I would. You know, I'll, I'll, we can do it together. You know, all these kinds of things. It's just like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And it was never like I don't want to do it. And okay, why? It was always, okay. I'll do it and everything. Yeah. And that was just. And so not only that, but I would have to deal with people laterally, you know, other departments yeah. that would have, I'd have to coordinate with them. You know, like the admissions people were the first people that prospective students talked to. And so the admissions people had to understand our program. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to keep my job and in order for me to pay all my employees, we need to have a steady stream of students because we're on a, we're on a paycheck to paycheck basis at the university. Like, at any moment, Antioch would can just fold if right. if we don't get enough students. If we have like a twenty percent, you know, drop in students, like the whole university will just come crumbling down. We do not. We're not Harvard. We don't have like billions of dollars in you know escrow, and so um, I'm constantly terrified 
every week if we're and we get weekly updates mm. if that we're not getting enough applicants we're not getting enough people that want to come to our program and it's such a hard thing to manage right like right. the yeah. market of the world right like yeah, how do yeah. you get people to come to your university you know and so I would go to admissions and I would tell them what are you telling these people because our numbers would start going down and I'd be like, what's going on? Like, what are you, what are you telling them? Oh, well, I'm telling them this, this, and this. I'm like, where'd you get that information from? <laughs> and I'd say, no, 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 no. This is the truth. You know, like, I'm not saying trick the people to coming to our program, but at least, but don't lie. You know, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't mislead that them. information. And so I would have to work with them. And then that whole thing would fall apart frequently. And, and oh, so man. I realized it, as, as I'm answering a lot of these questions around conscientiousness, um, I, my, extreme conscientiousness did not work well with <laughs> with being program director. Oh, wow. Because I could not get things in order. I could not... Interesting. And the other thing that I... Th and, and, and my empathy for students, because I've been a graduate student a lot myself and, mis and been mistreated in graduate school uh, frequently, that it, I was loathed to have a student in my program get mistreated mm. without recourse. And so that was another thing that I would constantly worry about. You know, it's like if a student in my program is confused or mistreated or uh, is misled or was, you know, uh, had something weird happen, I felt like it was at least somewhat my responsibility. And uh, so I was always trying to like account for that and I would lie awake at night just staring into the darkness going like, oh my mm -hmm. God, I have like 15 things that are running through my head right now that need oh. to get done so that I can make sure that students don't have a bad experience. Oh man, that's so stressful. And it didn't take long before I was like, yeah. I can't do this job anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question. I change, I change my mood a lot. Um, I could be moody. Particularly when things aren't going well. <laughs> things have been going pretty well lately, so I feel yeah. like that's not a problem. So I'm going to go somewhat disagree. I'm going to go somewhat disagree as well, because generally I'm pretty even. And then every now and then, in times of stress, I might get, you know, irritated. Yeah, and just getting back, just to put a, a conclusion on what I was saying earlier. The, uh, uh, the new program director, Jennifer Sampson, um, I've been watching her. Because uh, I, because she was, you know, my employee, and I was just like, I don't want to be chair anymore. I don't want to be program director anymore. And so I was like, who do I want to be my boss? Because mm -hmm. I was going to demote myself right, right. and promote someone, and I didn't want the university to do that for me. You right. know what I mean? And so I was like, Jennifer Sampson, I think would be a really great boss because she doesn't care about the details. <laughs> Not that she's irresponsible, right, right. but and it's borne out. You know, because she's been chair now for for five years and or four years. And it's definitely borne out that when things aren't going well in the program, she cares, but not to the extent that I did. Mm. You know, <laughs> she cares and, yeah. and, and she'll do what she so can. She might be able to cope a little better. Yeah, she copes better. She, yeah. she just like, well, you know, yeah. I, there's only so many hours in the day moving yeah. on in life. Whereas for me. It just didn't work that oh, way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, I am quick to understand things. I am quick to understand things. Uh, I mean, it sounds narcissistic, but I've always been pretty good at comprehending things in school. So I'm going to go agree on that one. 
I will go agree as well. I I think to a fault, this has got me in trouble in conversations all my life, a lot less as I've grown older, but because I'd be having a conversation with someone and they would start making their point and I get their point. So then I'm trying to cut them off and move to the next thing. And they assume I'm not listening and I don't get what they're saying. And I get frustrated because I'm like, I, I do. Okay, fine. Go ahead. And then they do their thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's what you were going to say. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, see, didn't I prove you wrong? And of course, they're like, you're an asshole. <laughs> but generally, I pick up on things quickly. Yeah. So this is actually interesting. This is get what, what of the five, big five, do you think this is getting at? I understand things quickly. So you got openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and emotionally stable. That's a good question. Because it doesn't seem to fit in any of those, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe openness. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. Why did you say that? Well, because like I have to be somewhat open to new ideas, new concepts, things that you're presenting to me uh, to even like pay attention and then put things together. Uh, I mean, yeah. the question is phrased more like an IQ thing, but really it's like, am I open to what you're talking about? Right. It's So this openness to experience... So conscientiousness... You know, clean, organized, efficient, makes sense. Extroversion, you know, you're assertive, energetic, outgoing, talk a lot. Agreeableness is, it's kind of a bad word, agreeableness. It should be like empathetic, honestly, is is probably a better word for it. But, you know, agreeable, niceness. Emotionally stable, of course, that makes sense. But openness is kind of a weird category. That, yeah. but it's but it seems to hold together. Yeah. So one, you're open to new experiences. Mm-hmm. Like you like to go to a new restaurant, or you like to travel, or something, or meet new people. Um, you're open to change, but you're also at the same time, which hangs together with this personality trait. You are open to big ideas and you comprehend big ideas and you think abstractly. Yeah. So you're open to going skydiving and you understand theoretical concepts. And these two things are associated heavily with each other. Except I would never go skydiving. Yeah. (laughs) But, but especially as I get older, I'm just like, nah, but, but you know, when Stacy and I are traveling, uh, it's always me that's like, ooh, let's go on that thing. And right. she's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay, you know? Yeah. And I'm always like, no, like, we, let's, spontaneity, let's do that thing, you know? <laughs> and and um, and also, like, whenever we go out to dinner, she always wants to go to these, uh, the same restaurants, the same, like, two or three restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, and we laugh about it, and I'm always just like, let's go somewhere new, you know? Anyway. Um, <laughs> But it's kind of interesting, you know, that uh, I am quick to understand things is associated with being open to experience. Interesting. I don't like to draw attention to myself. Uh, well, the way this is worded um, is kind of yes, because I, I, don't, I don't prefer to draw attention to myself, but I do draw attention to myself. Hmm. So I'm comfortable drawing attention to myself and being a professor is kind of drawing attention to yourself. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say neutral on that one. I'm going to say somewhat disagree because I wait, you're, you're even lower than me on this. Well, meaning that I do like to draw attention to myself. Oh, I don't like, Oh, right, 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 right. So you're higher than me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I, yeah, I mean, that's why you reacted that way that if you thought I was going the other direction. Right, right. Because, yeah, I, te- I generally try to draw attention to myself. With some exceptions, 
I actually don't like it in some context, but but yeah, generally I do. I just I wouldn't say it's like always all the time. Like I know some people like that, and I'm not that extreme, but I am, right. you know, in that direction. Yeah, actually, I think I'm gonna put myself in that category too, because it's like I've always been even before podcasting. I was always pretty Facebook prolific, and mm-hmm. although I joined anyway, um, I take time out for others. Um, somewhat agree because I could be better with that for sure. But I, you know, I definitely like mm-hmm. someone, you know, like uh, someone suffering with something, and I'll, yeah. I'll reach out to them and and. Uh, but I wonder if that's what they're getting at. Hmm. I also take time out for Stacy, yeah, the, and the dogs and my other yeah. family members. Yeah. I'll go somewhat agree as well. I can't go full agree because I, I do tend to be selfish with my time often, but there are, you know, with my kids, like you said, with the dog with and with my friends, but but to a certain degree. I'm right. not like always jumping at things. Right. So what are you doing? Somewhat agree? Somewhat agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I shirk my duties. No, I do I never shirk my duties. So this is also interesting. Like, for example, I, I never will let something just just drop and like oh god it didn't get done you're like that's that just never happens but I, there are things that i like details that i'll be like yeah okay i guess that detail didn't happen so i'm gonna go somewhat disagree yeah i mean there are certain things that i will absolutely shirk on purpose but it's not because i'm shirking a duty it's because i have evaluated yeah that. No, you're, you go f- more on that direction. I'm saying like that is not a real duty. Like one of the things that my university did recently was they said, you have to take this mandatory, you know, racism class or something. And I'm just like, I'm not taking that stupid class. I, I There's nothing that class is going to teach me that I haven't already learned, you know. But do you ever leave the dishes undone when you know you should have probably done them? No. See, I do. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, yeah. it's not like I don't. <laughs> have duties that are imposed on me that I shirk, but I, I don't consider it my duty. Anyway, right. I have frequent mood swings. No, disagree. I, uh, if I have mood swings, they're not frequent. Disagree. Agree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I use difficult words. I use difficult words. I mean, I don't tend to, but I don't not use some difficult words. So I'm going to say neutral on that. I think that's supposed to be openness to experience. Isn't that weird that... Yeah. Openness to experience would be I use difficult. There was another question that you know I have a vocabulary. It's ascons I ejaculate, you know, erudit, mispronounced words. But <laughs> no, I don't. So I'm gonna go disagree. Yeah, that reminds me. When I, somewhat disagree. when I was in high school, I discovered a thesaurus. I'd never seen a thesaurus until I was like 17 years old, and. The, we had an assignment in class that we were supposed to write a, a letter to a, a younger student, I think, if I remember right. And I I got the thesaurus and I was writing the paper at home and I wrote the entire thing in obscure uh, mm-hmm. synonyms. Mm. You know? Like I would, I wrote the paper and then I looked up every word and tried, to, with and tried to change it with the weirdest version of that word you know of that synonym cluster and i thought it was the funniest most interesting thing (laughs) and i turned it in and to this day i cringe when i think about anyone reading that they would have read that and be like what 
kind of a d bag would write this paper, <laughs> you know what i mean but i just i just got in this yeah. rut of like i've i've learned this new thing called right, it, called right. a thesaurus i did a similar thing i tried to write a poem or i wrote a poem in my freshman year of college and i had been reading philosophy and all these things and a lot of it i couldn't parse very well because a lot of the language is so thick and so i was like oh, i'll write a poem too and then i grabbed my dictionary and i would just find like these very weird words for everything and so and made the thing rhyme but when you read it like it makes zero sense unless you look up every single word <laughs> yeah that's very similar to what i did <laughs> i don't mind being the center of attention yeah uh, i'll agree on that I agree yeah i mean i wouldn't describe myself that way but obviously being on a podcast i don't mind it yeah <laughs> I feel others' emotions. Yeah, definitely agree on that one. Yep, agreed. I follow a schedule. <laughs> definitely agree on that one. I don't, but I do. Some things... I, so, I have a lot of things I put in my calendar nowadays, and at work I follow a schedule, but I'm going to go somewhat disagree. Remember your roommate that had everything? Oh, up? my God. But uh, to be clear, it wasn't everything like tomorrow, here's the things. It was the minute-to-minute -minute steps in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, there was a little OCD-ness there or something. <laughs> uh, I get irritated easily. Um, I definitely get irritated more than other people. So I'm not going to go disagree on that. I know that much. I get irritated easily. I mean... With Stacy, I don't get irritated with like humans, but I get irritated with you, and I definitely get irritated with Stacy. I'm definitely not not irritable. <laughs> no, you are definitely irritable. I've seen you be irritable. Yeah, and you are easily more easily irritable than I am. But I wouldn't call you the most easily irritable person I know. I know right. a lot of people that are way more irritable than you. Yeah, are. but I kind of like don't mind being irritable i kind of consider consider it like my a, a little bit of a strength sometimes i mean it definitely can be a weakness but that's okay i bet you this one is conscientiousness no <laughs> no disagreeableness right no this is well it could be that it also could be uh neuroticism oh okay um i'm gonna go neutral on that because okay i'll go if, if there's something bad about me that i regret or have shame around it's when i get irritated okay. quickly I'm going to go somewhat disagree, which might surprise you a little bit because on the surface, I don't seem to, but on, uh, below the surface, I do actually get irritated. I just choose not to do anything about it. Yeah. I would say you don't get irritated very easily. True. So I went somewhat disagree. Um, by the way, I just forgot to mention this earlier that I want to remind people to check your, if you're a patron, if you're listening to this and Stacy will often be emailing you through Patreon and so um, you have to make sure that on Patreon, the email... So when you sign up on Patreon, you give them your email address and your address. So one, it, some people will put like their bad email address. Uh -huh. Well, you're not going to get many much spam from Patreon. Right. You, you know, you'll get an email when we post an episode, so that will be five times a week. Um. But what you'll miss out on are announcements or other kinds of patron-only things. Yeah. So make sure that your email address on Patreon is um, considering that, at the very least. And we only send five emails an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that uh, for you upper-tier patrons, 
you get swag and Stacy is trying to send you swag, but she tells me that a lot of people will not include their address or they won't check the opt in button because you have to check in opt in. You'll be like, I opt in to give the creator my address so that they can send me swag. And I think people are, are clicking not to opt in because it's like, well, I don't want to share my address with, but we're not going to send you snail mail, you know. Dude, or, if if you if y'all out there don't start checking the I want to share my address, I'm going to come to your place personally to make yeah. you. So the only thing that we would use your real address for would be to send you swag, you know, to send you things. And and now if you're just like completely, you don't care about the swag, and some people don't, and you don't want to share your address, then. Fine. You know, like when I do the OPP and I'll be mm-hmm. like, this person's from God knows where it's because they didn't, they didn't, opt, that, they didn't yeah. opt in, which is fine. But just make sure that you're doing it knowingly that if you don't opt in, you're not going to get your swag. You know, sometimes people will sign up at the mug level and Stacy's like, OK, I'm going to send this person their mug. And I, she looks at your address and she can't find it. She's just like, uh, did they want their mug? You know, and 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 then she'll she'll email you through Patreon and say, Right. Do you want your mug? And then people won't get back to her. And she's like, what do I do? You know, because it, it feels incomplete. So just kind of know that whole thing on Patreon. Anyway. See, I thought you were always saying that they're from Godnos in UER and that you were just mispronouncing it. But okay. <laughs> I spend time reflecting on things. Um, yes, <laughs> that's an agree. I probably spend too much time reflecting on things. Absolutely. I definitely, I'm always thinking through things that have happened and... I used to obsessively, I, I've talk, talked about this before, how when I was younger, in the, especially in my late 20s, I would sit at night obsessing about decisions I had made and dreaming, really actually praying that I would wake up back in time at specific moments in my past. And I would think about it, oh, and I would have done this, and I would have done that, oh, and then this moment would have gone differently. Uh, I don't do that anymore, but I still reflect on things a lot. I am quiet around strangers. Um, quiet. Um, I'm definitely not talkative, but am I quiet around strangers? I mean, I know what they're getting at, but um, hmm. am I quiet among strangers? I'm going to say neutral on that because, well, I don't know. I'm going to say some would disagree because... I'm getting more and more talkative to strangers these days, <laughs> especially uh, now that the, yeah. uh, I'm vaccinated and I'm out and about. Like, I'm definitely like, let's talk. Yeah, I'm going to go full disagree. I mean, I've been told, can you all please keep it down because we're trying to eat dinner over here. <laughs> <laughs> I make people feel at ease. Uh, I'm not going to go full agree on that one. I'm going to go somewhat agree because I, I, I feel like I, I definitely... I'm definitely not bothersome, you know. I, 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 I have my problems, but I don't think that's one of them. But I, I'm also intimidating. I've been told by some people, professionally and otherwise. Um, so I'm going to say somewhat agree. Yeah, I'm going to put myself at neutral because uh, it's sort of like I have both sides of this. On the one hand, there are times where people that would otherwise feel excluded, I actually help them become included. At the same time, same thing. I've I've bothered people and made them feel uncomfortable by put, putting a spotlight on them, or you know, trying to include them in the wrong way, or putting them on the spot about something that whatever you know. So, yeah, I'll go neutral. 
I am exacting in my work. Yes, agree. Ah, uh, you know, it's interesting. Again, there are some things that I, when I really care about something, I become a perfectionist. But it wouldn't be true. So I'm going to go somewhat agree because it's not always true. Yeah, I would say that you described that well. Like, for example, I moved recently and um, in this new house, I spent so much time thinking and putting effort into making sure that this recording studio was optimal. I had to hire contractors of various different kinds. I had to coordinate everything. I, I did some of the renovation work myself. I had to choose different things. There's soundproofing and then there's sound treatment. And some of you might have, I don't, some of you audiophiles out there might have heard more echo, you know, more, um, more of the room reverb in our audio podcast because I the first ones we did. Yeah. yeah. Because I didn't have the time. Um, and uh, I've put up a lot of yeah, sound those are panels. Really nice. Yeah. And yeah, they're not, they're not cheap by the way. Yeah. And, those things are expensive. And, um, I, um, uh, have spent, you know, and, and I also taped them to the wall because if I put something through the wall that that degrades the soundproofing between right. this room and the other rooms. And the other thing is that, um, it's still not optimal and it's bothering me. And uh, frequently with Stacy, I'll just be like, can you hear the echo in this room? It's really bothersome. And she'll be like, I don't hear, <laughs> an, I don't hear anything, you know? Yeah. And so, um, that's just one of the examples of how in another example of this, I was actually thinking about this today. I was talking with Stacy about it, that when we first did the podcast for the first five plus years, there was so much messiness in our podcast uh, recordings. Mm-hmm. I would edit almost every sentence. <laughs> oh man. I would, I would edit ums. <laughs> yeah. I would edit, you knows. I would edit stumbles. I would edit blank spaces. I would edit, weird like stutters and you know misstarts and stuff over time we've gotten better at podcasting so we don't have to take those things out because we don't do them in the first place but for the first five years even though hardly anyone was listening i was editing basically every word um i i I think you're right (laughs) (laughs) and i remember the time thinking i don't think anyone else does this (laughs) but i remember thinking this is going to live on the internet potentially for as long as the internet exists. And I cannot stand imagining a permanent product of mine that I just display (laughs) having all those flaws, flaws. (laughs) but no one else does. But I, but I think that it contributed to the success of this podcast. You know, like I was, there would be 20 minutes of boredom and I just take it out. Whereas other podcasts, I feel like they just power through that and just post it anyway. Oh yeah. There's definitely stuff that I listen to that's very popular even, but that for some reason they leave in a lot of the boring bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I often feel blue. Uh, Disagree. Yeah. Wait, I thought we already had that one. Uh, Similar question. Okay. Um, I am full of ideas. Oh, wait a minute. One of them was, I seldom feel blue. Okay. And then this one was, I often feel blue. So I seldom feel blue. I said disagree, but oh. I meant agree. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I checked that. Where is that one? That yeah. one was. Oh, in, yeah. Oh, I said yeah. agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am full of ideas. I'm going to say agree. I, I don't have a problem saying that on average. I'm, I'm definitely the, full of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's click. Like, continue. Click continue. 
error. Uh, no, just kidding. Were, were your answers accurate, and can they be uh, used in our research? Yes. Would you be willing to answer a few more questions before you view your results? No, I don't. I don't. I want to move forward. We're podcasting live right now. Okay. <laughs> I got my answer. I got my thing. Do you want to talk about your results there, Berto? Yeah. Okay, there it is. Okay. Results summary. Okay, which... which uh, do you want me to read out the... So... Uh, the scores for each? Your percentile score for... Let's do one at a time. Okay. So, extroversion, what's your score? Extroversion, what's your prediction? In the 90s. Yeah, 97. Oh, I'm 96. <laughs> there we go. So, that, so, let's talk about extroversion for a second. So, extroversion is the following traits. Just kind of think of all these words. Outgoing, energetic. Extroverts are energetic. You know, kind of what we would call hypomanic. Gregarious, assertive. Mm-hmm. So they don't, even in one-on-one relationships, they don't mind asserting right. their thoughts. Excitement-seeking. Warm. Mm-hmm. Extroverts, extroverts are yeah. warm, meaning they, you know... They, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, they're huggers. Yeah. Active, Get over here. <laughs> active, talkative, fun-loving, mm-hmm. affectionate. Right. Has positive emotions. Doesn't mind being the center of attention. Likes to start conversations. Enjoys meeting new people. Has a wide social circle of friends and acquaintances. Finds it easy to make new friends. Feels energized when around other people. So this is that introverts, on the other hand, feel exhausted with socializing. And to be clear about introverts, they are just as much concerned about attack. Both extroverts and introverts want relationships yeah they they want attachments it's just that the difference is that extroverts uh, uh, like and get energy from and feel comfortable in larger groups you know three or more people and uh you know whereas introverts also very loving and want to bond in this to the same extent don't like to go to big parties they don't like small talk they would rather not right. talk at a in a meeting at work. They w- are described as um, reserved and and they can be solitary sometimes. Uh, the other difference is that extroverts speak before they think, and introverts think before they speak. <laughs> so, like Stacy is a bit of an introvert, and I've learned over time that in order for her to say things, and I want her to say things, I have to wait a long time i i will particularly if it's like a tense subject i will say things and then i have to just stop because if i do my normal like if i was talking to you Mm -hmm. and i said something said something 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 and i left three seconds of silence and you didn't say anything i would assume you want me to talk more right and i would just start talking more but with (laughs) introverts you have to wait a long time interesting you, know, yeah. you have to or really make it clear that you're open to hearing them talk you know what i mean so that that was a problem for example in uh in my early days of my marriage hmm. because i didn't understand that at all she's and more so, introverted oh extremely and so i would say something make a point i would make a, a soap opera style point about something yeah and then silence and i'm like do you have nothing to say about this yeah Silence. It's like, well, I'm thinking. I'm like, what is there to think about it? I just explain everything. Yeah, just like, say. Just, just say, say what's on your mind. Whatever is on Whatever your mind. Whatever word is on your mind, say it right now. Yeah, One, yeah. two, three, go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas from the introvert perspective, they're just like, will you please shut up? Yeah. 
I can't think. Does <laughs> everything that runs through your mind have to pass through your fucking mouth? <laughs> so, so yeah, we're both high uh, extroverts. And so a lot of these are kind of associated with happiness. And maybe I'll do a whole deep dive on all the different associations. Introverts can definitely be happy. But extroverts tend to be happier. Um, because, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, both are fine, and, and both are, and both can be. But extroverts tend to be more comfortable, tend to mm-hmm. be more satisfied, tend to be more... And, and, I'll, I'll, and that's at least my memory of... Maybe I should not speak without doing my deep dive. But anyway, okay, emotional stability, Birdo. What's your score percentile? 93. Ooh, I'm 94. Yeah. So this is important to think. This is percentile. <laughs> yeah. So that means that you and I are... You know, around in the 90s percentile, mm-hmm. more extroverted than 90. You're, you're yeah. more extroverted than 97% of the population. <laughs> you're more emotionally stable than 93% of the population. That's kind of scary and sad to think about. <laughs> yeah, in terms of self report. Yeah. Right? But a lot of people are suffering with a lot of difficult emotions. Right, right. And you and I, although we have our problems. Right. They're of a different nature. We're we're day to day, hour to hour. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, you know, we're chill. We're at least just neutral. You know, the amount of people suffering from massive anxiety and depression, right? Demoralization, trauma, uh, neuroticism, yeah, self esteem problems. Like you and I just don't have that. Yeah, you know, and they won't necessarily look like they have those problems, but. When we take a test like this, it's like, oh. It comes out. Yeah. Um, So when it comes to emotional stability, and this is the opposite of neuroticism, which is often what they'll talk about. So the the reason why we go with emotionally stable is that all the other, you know, openness to experience, agreeableness, extroversion, conscientiousness, these are generally positive traits. (laughs) Whereas neuroticism. But neuroticism (laughs) is generally a negative one. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that you have four things that you're hoping to be on one side of the spectrum and then one. And so that's why we kind of flip it to be emotionally stable. So these people, you and I, Berto, apparently we deal well with stress. We rarely feel sad or depressed. We don't worry that much. We're relaxed. We're calm. We're self-satisfied. We're resilient and we're confident. Which is interesting because if you, when I had heard neuroticism, I actually always assumed I would be somewhat high in neuroticism Hmm. just because I maybe I guess I didn't understand what they were what what was meant. So I imagine it's like I don't know. I'm a little hyper and all kind of all over the place sometimes. I guess I'm just neurotic. Yeah, you know. Be- well, because I think what you're referring to is Woody Allen. Yeah, you know, Woody Allen's the classic. Neurotic. I'm kind of like Woody Allen sometimes, but that's not what they're getting. Yeah. At. yeah, yeah. And so emotional stability actually makes so much more sense to me. Right. And uh, even though both of us have anxiety that might affect us on a daily basis on average in terms of like emotional global stability we're way more stable right than most people on the planet yeah yeah which is interesting to think about you know yeah. like it's such a privilege to wake up yeah. in the morning and just be like okay let's let's do this thing yeah when so many other people are not they're not they don't experience that be- yeah now that can be somewhat based on biology and obviously experiences right so on the neurotic side of things these people are sensitive they're nervous 
anxious, self-hating, experience a lot of stress, worry about many things, get upset easily, experience dramatic shifts in mood, feel anxious, uh, they're not very good at emotional regulation, and they struggle to bounce back from stru- from stressful events. So you might have a stressful you know, event on the weekend, and it takes them a week to kind of calm down, recover. Yeah. Whereas I think for you and me, we, we recover pretty quickly. Yeah, generally that's true. I guess I will say that sometimes there's some triggers for me that open deep wounds that take me more, you know, mm-hmm. but on, on a regular basis. Yeah, if like if I'm averaging the year out, it's rare. Have you ever missed a day because of an emotional? No, no, no. I mean, this day at work, right. So um, the other thing, I want to check in and just say this, that uh, I think part of this is biology. I can say that for me because both my parents, I would say, are pretty emotionally stable. And my mom's really extroverted. Uh, My dad can be extroverted. Um, So I got pretty good genes. And I was not traumatized growing up and had although I could point to some problems with my upbringing and with my personality on average, apparently in terms of self-report in terms of how I see myself, which, you know, maybe some, there's some narcissism in there, but at the very least I'm above average and yeah. like that. And also privilege of being, you know, half white male who uh, experienced, you know, some racism growing up and some difficulties because of who <laughs> I am um, really, avoided most of the oppression yeah. and bullying. Um, I was also real big and tall. And when bullies tried to mess with me, I I would kick their ass. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have that threat. <laughs> Even though I didn't want, like there's this one time when I really did not want to kick this guy's ass. And he was picking on me in the locker room. And I looked at him, I was just like, look, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and he's just like, and he kept at it. He just kept at like it. I'd be like, puppy. <laughs> you like, you, you realize I'm, I'm so much bigger than you. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like you, you should really stop. Yeah. And he just kept at it, kept at it. And then I just pounded him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, within reason, it was just yeah, like, yeah. it was just like a one shot kind of thing. And he but never, just like enough to be like, listen, I told you. <laughs> and he never did it again. Yeah. And years later I thought, I think he just wanted contact with me, you know, because it was so obvious. Like, it was so, he was provoking me in such an obvious way. And I think he just wanted, like, physical, I think he just, because he was kind of a troubled kid. And Mm. I think he wanted just to interact with someone or something. I don't know. You know, I had a, a, a funny situation in the playground when I was probably in seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Uh, some kids were playing soccer and I have no idea what it is but I pissed this kid off I wasn't playing with them somehow I pissed him off and he was like yelling at me for some reason and I was like I, I was trying to like like I don't know what's going on and he but he was much shorter than me and at the time I was in taekwondo and he started kicking at me but I was so confused because I'm like what, what A, why is this person doing this? B, if if I get into a fight with him and I use my taekwondo kicks, this poor kid's going to end up on the floor, right? So all I did was like, I block, 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 and then he like kind of looked confused and then he walked off. And so in my mind, I was like, all right, that's good. That was a good outcome. And then I go to my buddy and my buddy's like, 
why didn't you kick his ass? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what happened just now. Yeah. And my only point with this is that I wasn't really bullied. Um, yeah. There were bullying moments for sure. There was one moment that was pretty awful when I was, I don't know, seven or something. But, but in general, I had a really cushy, easy life and thus am trusting of others and have self-esteem and emotional stability such that at a party I can, f- I feel like I can talk with other people and, and not have to, and not, I yeah. don't have internalized voices telling me that I should shut up, you know? Yeah. All right. Agreeableness, Berto. What's your number <laughs> okay. there? Okay. Uh, a little lower. Uh, this one was 67. Whoa. By, by the way, these lines are not to scale. Because the agreeableness line is just a little lower than 93. Well, the, well the, the line is the raw score. Okay, got it. Okay. So the percentile is... That, that, now, that, now that makes sense, because I'm like, that's not a difference between 93 and 67. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 67. So I'm, I'm 83. 67 is still, you know, definitely, you know, top, mm-hmm. top third. But I'm 83, so we're both a little lower here. So let's I'm read, a little surprised about this one. So let's read agreeableness. So the reason why it came down is because some of the questions we answered were like, yeah, we care about people, but maybe not as much as other people care about people. You know what I mean? Because agreeableness is empathy and friendliness. Mm-hmm. So we got friendly, uh, empathy, genuine interest in others, cares about others, enjoys helping and contributing to the happiness of other people, helps others, soft heart, trusting, um, all those kinds of things. Uh, non-agreeable is low empathy, uh, not interested in others, critical, belittling of others, manipulates others. So, you know, if you're if you're not agreeable, but you're not a psychopath, then you're in the middle of agreeableness. Okay. So not being agreeable, you don't want to be not agreeable <laughs> because <Okay>. this means <laughs> you're disagreeable. You're bad. Yeah. yeah. You're uncooperative. You're suspicious. Yeah. You're manipulative. You know, to, to, to score one and the one percentile of agreeableness, like you're a criminal probably yeah. um, and abusive. So uh, what do you think about that, Berta, that, that you're above average? You know, yeah. you're definitely in the agreeable zone, but yeah. you're not as agreeable as other people. You're not as empathetic as other people. Right. Where, where I think I'm a little surprised, but I think some of the things that, that ring true are the words critical. I can be critical heavily yeah. critical yeah me too and aggressive um there are some aspects in my life where i get really aggressive about and um i don't know but but obviously i'm not you know i don't manipulate people or try to you know purposely harm yeah. them or something no i mean you're not psychopathic but i would say this is pretty accurate in terms of the way i see you that you're concern for others is there but it's not as high as what it as what it is for other people Could you be, know yeah. other people have more uh, soft heart more yeah. empathy more concern although you can be very empathetic uh, I'll, yeah you know, I, I think you can be very considerate is another word yes um, but i don't know if it's like a lightning bolt through your soul kind no. of a a concern. And I can be inconsiderate. So I, you know, I I think I don't know 67 sounds a little low for me, but I certainly wouldn't call myself a 90. But again, when it comes to agreeable. That means two-thirds of the human population is, is less is less agreeable, less agreeable than, than, yeah. than you. So maybe that's actually okay. That's what and I'm right. saying. Yeah. yeah. 67 isn't a D. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. 
Okay, conscientiousness, Berto. Where'd you get that? <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! Twenty six. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fuck up. So basically, this is, I'm ninety eight. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> wow, this is where we are most different. Okay, um, so let me read the words for conscientious. So this yeah. person is efficient. I'm just going to say I. I'm efficient, I'm organized, I spend time preparing, I complete tasks on time, I pay <laughs> attention to detail, I enjoy having a set schedule, I like structure, I, I clean and I organize, I'm not cluttered, I'm disciplined, I'm reliable, and I can be counted on. Whereas you, Birdo, <laughs> are careless, extravagant, oh. impulsive, and disorganized. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I will say of of the bad, you know, side uh, of things to not be conscientious, I would say isn't as big of a deal nearly as these other things. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, what's funny because you were talking about genetics. OK, so I was thinking about my mom and my dad. My mom and dad are both fairly extroverted. Um, They're both surprisingly emotionally stable. Even when I think of my dad and everything, he's been through and but he's, he's surprisingly emotionally stable. And so, uh, so many people in his situation would not just keep it together. Anyways, um, agreeableness, my dad is not. He's low on agreeableness. So is my mom. So actually, maybe that kind of pans out. But conscientiousness, my mom, extreme, right? She's like a you. She's like a you. It, it, if she had you as her, like, she, can she be counted on? Oh, she, it's ridiculous! Like oh, okay. she's super scheduled. Everything's got to be a schedule in advance. She shows up everything, on time. Everything, everything, everything. And if if you vary the plan, it's a big problem. Like it's no, it's a hundred percent. My dad had a lot of this too, but then clearly, also some gaps. But he would, my dad would always clean. He would always be on exceedingly on time you know very thorough with his work with it so i don't know where i don't get it from you know yeah anyways it's weird i mean part of you've been with your wife for a long time yeah is she more conscientious than you more yeah because do you rely on that a little bit i used to but then there's something she's not and then i i realized if i don't do it it, i'm screwed so um because i could see if you you know didn't have her around for so many years that you would have needed to become more conscientious yeah. over time. Maybe I've had to become way more conscious. Oh no, I don't know if I've had to. Well, I guess I did. I became a lot more conscientious over time. Uh, I don't know if my score of twenty six reflects how I am day to day today. It reflects how I answered these questions, and I would say that for a lot of my life, I would call myself low in conscientious. Yeah, I think that when I think about myself. I've been conscientious, uh, you know, age dependent. Like, yeah. I started a journal, a diary, when I was thirteen, and have consistently been. And that's a conscientious thing, right? To to sit down and say, okay, at thirteen, right? You know, in eighth grade, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to documenting my life because when I'm older, I'm gonna want to know what happened at this right. time. Um, I have cataloged pictures you know there's just all these different when i was i remember when i was five one of my favorite things to do would be to make a fort and i'd bring in 
my my typewriter, which wasn't electric. I think it was a manual typewriter, and I, it felt it felt good to make a little fort and a little office for myself with a typewriter, so I could like write things on the typewriter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just felt okay. Yeah. I've got all my things in <laughs> in, in in place. You know, and I've That's got hilarious. my typewriter. I got my paper. I've got my fort. And think now I'm ready to do something. Have typewriter will travel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but, oh, but but I was gonna say one thing. It's what where where this doesn't quite add up to my current life and stuff is I have a lot of systems in place for a lot of things. So maybe that was me tr- recognizing that I'm not automatically conscientious and then setting up more and more automatic things. Uh, but a lot of it is just patterns. Like for example. Like I was mentioning keys and things like that. Like I always have certain patterns that I follow and I never deviate so that I don't mess up, right? Uh, with my health stuff, like I'm super conscientious. Like I never miss a, a medicine. I never, I'm always like super detailed about ex- everything I need to do, when I, I need to do it. I think part of it is related to empathy. You know, because of, of the things that I suspect mm-hmm. that you aren't very conscientious about, it's, it impacts other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I get that. But then some of them do are, are for me. Like, so it's a, it's a mix, but you're right that the mix is probably heavily balanced towards things that affect me more directly. I tend to be more conscientious. About. Because for me, I, half of the reason why, maybe more, I, that I am extremely conscientious is because I've been burned by dropping the ball and it impacting others. And then I feel so ashamed of yeah. myself that I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Right. Like, or someone will let me down and I'll be like, I'm never going to do that to someone else. Like I've talked about this before that I, I was uh, going to the airport and I, a friend of mine was going to drive me. You know, it was back in the day when there weren't Ubers or anything and I couldn't afford it anyway. And so I needed someone to drive me and he showed up a half hour late and I was like, what are you doing? And he, and, you know, cause, and, and I was, it, he just like, oh, I, I was busy playing a video game or something. And I thought, you know, it was one thing if he, <laughs> if he had like a medical emergency right, right, or right. something, or a car accident happened or something, but he's just like, he just kind of flaked. Yeah. And I remember thinking, you know, as the minutes are mounting and he's not mm-hmm. coming, this is before, I guess, before cell phones? I'm, I'm, or no, it couldn't have been before cell phones, but he must not have Probably had... been getting worried. It's like something must have happened. Yeah. And uh, what if he never shows? Yeah. Um, and I call a cab and a cab shows up 45 minutes later, I'm going to miss my flight. And then that's just like disastrous for me. And I remember thinking... I will never do this to another human being. This is a very awful feeling to be sitting here helpless 15 minutes into this process, not knowing what's going to happen. And, you know, stuff like that where I'm like, I will never do this to another human being. Mm -hmm. It's not that I haven't, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm perfect, but that sort of fear of letting other people down, I think motivates a good portion of my conscientiousness whereas for you i i think you, you, you that doesn't affect you as much there are some puzzling things about it because for example if i came to you i'm like hey this person over here scored a 26 on percent on conscientiousness do you want to entrust them with say writing 13 songs over the next month for a, right right it'd be hard to say well, yeah I, well so let me talk about that for a second because i think that's very relevant and let me ask uh, let's explore that because yeah. 
if I asked you to do that three years ago or seven years ago, we've been doing this podcast for 13 plus years. Right. I think you would have flaked on it back then. I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because I never... So everyone understands. Berto and I are operating from this supposition that with the podcast, Berto is extremely conscientious. He shows up on time to record. If he's going to be literally four minutes late, he'll text me. But I used to not. But you you used to not? I used to not, yeah. So what's that about? But... Uh, so that I, I had a problem all my life with being on time. I still do. I'm way better than. But I not used to. with me. But not you, not with the podcast. But you laid down some rules early on. You said, "Listen, you you got to be on time." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right." I think. Yeah, and and you know what I said to you was, I have allocated yeah. this two hour block to make right. a podcast episode, and if you show up late. Because sometimes you'd be like an hour late. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we can't make the podcast. Right. Like the, it just won't happen. And so I took it to heart. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I knew that it is a gap for me. And so I'm like, okay. But there are other aspects of my life. Like I've never had a project where it's like, I need to do this big thing. And I said that I would do it. And then I just didn't do it. Right. That, that did happen to me in school. In, back when I was a kid in school. Where there was something due. And it always had to do with like things that I was supposed to work on over time. I was the worst at that. Like yeah. you had to keep this journal for six months. And then at the end, the journal was done. I never did that. And literally the day it was due, I had zero to show for my work. And my friends crammed the night before and made up a six month journal. I didn't even do that. <laughs> I don't know why. Right. Like, those, but as an adult, like that doesn't happen. I don't work. I've never had a thing where it's like, oh. <gasps> What do you mean that didn't get done? Oh, jeez, I didn't. That, that's never happened. But there was a lot of aspects in which I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't do the dishes, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that, and I am late to this thing. And I'm like, so you know, clearly it manifests and it kind of haunts me in a lot of different ways, but not in all ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not a dysfunctional human being. Right. Um, but you're not. One of your core values isn't conscientiousness the way that it is for me yeah like organization scheduling consciousness and all those ways like yeah that's those are not traits you would automatically assign to me yeah yeah like i take pleasure in this for example i've been keeping this database of people who die (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah because like so often i'll be like did that person die? How'd they die? And then I have to like dig around for no that. No way. <laughs> yeah, because I'm always interested because we're getting to that age where so many people are dying. Yeah. So many people f- that were important to us. Oh, man. You so know? you like have a list. So I keep a database and I, I, and I uh, enter the day, you know, the year they were born, the year they died, how old they were when they died, and then why the, and, and what significance yeah. they were to me or history or something. You know... Um, and that's weird, right? Like, why would someone... It is a little out of the norm, yes. You know? But so, as you know, you and I are taking a trip later this year. Yeah. And in the last few days, I was getting a little annoyed because I was getting these insistent texts from you going, did you figure it out yet? Do you have the dates yet? When are the dates? When are we going? And this is you. And of course, left to my own devices, we probably would have been... so it felt insistent to you? Yes. But, I, but I'm, not, I'm not criticizing you because I'm saying that if you hadn't done that... It would have been probably February before we were having a serious yeah. conversation about it. Well, so again, the reason why I'm insistent is because <laughs> you to use the points. I have credits with <laughs> Alaska hair that I have I to use in the next couple but of like weeks. But like planning for the 13 year and the 12 year and the stuff, yeah. I would always be like, 
it's January. Why is he talking to me about this? Yeah. And then I'm like, it's March. Why is he telling me what we need to do? Yeah. It's April. Why are we running a rehearsal about, you know, like all these kinds of things. And now I get it. Like having done it a few times with you, I'm like, oh yeah, it does take time to plan these things, right? Right, right. But my default is definitely like, we can figure this out a couple days before the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think that is? Because you intellectually understand that preparation is necessary and benefits everyone, not only the product, but also the stress. So I, I always, being a 98% conscientious person, you puzzle. I don't understand other people that don't learn from their mistakes on this level. Because it's right. like, for example, with, with the anniversary show, I have um, Google reminders that tell me what to do in every month that leads up. It's starting in January. It'll be like set the date with Birdo, you know, and Stacy. And then, uh, you know, February, it's probably like give Birdo his jobs. Uh, March, it'll be like remind Birdo about his jobs, you know, and, and Kirk, make sure you plan what, you know, the segments you're going to do. And because I plan for the anniversary show nine months in advance, it goes off lickety split and yeah. I'm not scrambling at the end. It's it. The, yeah. the job is spread out over yeah, yeah. time. And, um, I have, it's not like I knew that from the beginning it over time. I'm like, Oh, I need to get a system in place so that I'm not annoyed in the last couple of weeks yeah. leading up to this thing. But I feel like most other people, they repeatedly have this scramble at the last minute and they're annoyed with themselves yeah. and then they're bummed at the product because <laughs> they were scrambling and then they just move on in life. Well, I, don't, I can't speak, of course, for everyone. I will tell you something that happens to me with a lot of things is that I feel blocked mentally unless there is a looming deadline or pressure what from the outside. Block? What's blocked me? For example, let's say you weren't pressuring me to because of your points and you're like, hey, we got to figure out uh, the trip. Let's say on a Friday night, I'm like, oh, I have I have an hour to kill. Maybe I'll sit down and think about the trip. What starts happening in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, but should we go in April? Should we go in February? And then I'm like, and would it be better on this weekend or that weekend? And I'm like, and what kind of hotel would be? And then my mind starts going in every variable, every single possibility. It, what if I commit and it's the wrong choice? It, yeah, that's a lot of it for sure. And so then... So why do you have that worry? Because... I don't know. Because, like, I have the same worry, but I don't give a shit because I'm sure everything will be fine. <laughs> Maybe it's... Yeah, I don't know. It, it is interesting. And so what it, what ends up happening is... Is as it anxiety-related? Like, oh, probably, shit, what if I make, what if I make the wrong way? But the weird thing is, as soon as there's an outside pressure... Well, there's I, no choice. All it took... But I, I still oh, have to make all the choices. Yeah. As soon as you're like, Berto, I need an answer. I mean, you weren't even like that. You were just like, hey, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I want to <laughs> really push back on the insistent. Okay. I mean, like. As soon as you're like, hey, effer, I'm waiting here. Yeah, let me look at the texting here. <laughs> I literally was like, hey, when, when do you want to do this? And in my mind, so this shows you the difference. In my mind, that's you all capsing with exclamation marks and frowny exclamation faces yeah, well going, I think a lot of it was we were talking what the F <laughs> we were talking together right yeah, so yeah. and I think I was like oh hey I need to use these points so yeah, yeah. did you decide yeah so I want to be clear I didn't actually I didn't feel like and then you Kirk said, is being pushy well, and then and then and then you said oh well, we'll talk about it tonight when right, we when we right, play right, Age right, of Empires right. and so we were playing Age of Empires and I asked you about it and you're like 
oh, well, right. I need to talk with my right, wife. Right. So I'll <laughs> I so, buy myself time. <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow about it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So then the next day we're texting about something else. And I said, did did you ask your wife about what what day? And you're like, uh, and I, you know, I was, I, I wasn't freaking <laughs> out. I was just like curious, you know. And then, and then that kind of started the ball rolling on that. I honestly, so that, that wasn't insistence, you know. I honestly just, think, so I have this ability that I think gets in the way. One of my abilities is I can quickly map out tons of possibilities, variables, and things. But then that gets in my way because I'm like, oh, God, that feels insurmountable. So, for example, it's like, oh, gosh, okay, to figure out a date... I do a regression in my head in an instant, and I'm like, oh, "There's so many steps and so many variables." And well, what, what would happen? And, I think this oh, is God. a common. I think this is a common problem yeah. that interferes with conscientiousness. And so, let's say that some voice inside of you just says, "Just, just pull the trigger," which is what happens when I need to. But 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 not when you need to. Like well yeah. before you need to. Just just imagine yeah. there's a there's a tiny voice in your head that's just like. Hey, just just make a choice. Just just pull the trigger. What's the worry? What's the other voice that kicks in? Um, it is not like it's not an active voice like it was when I had my shopping compulsion, where it was literally, I literally had another voice saying, explaining to me why it was fine to buy the whatever thousands was. This is more like a, an undercurrent of, but what if I fuck up? Because. You are a fuck up or something, or you you typically fuck up, right? I don't know why. Why is it so dangerous for me to just do things ahead of time? I'm having this problem with my book, actually. Like we talked about this a bit before, but this is literally what's happening: is that I'm afraid of fucking it up because you think you're a fuck up. I don't know, like maybe, but not consciously. What if you? Okay, well, even subconsciously, what if you did fuck it up? What would that mean? Well then, I'm a loser. I don't. I'm not a writer. I'll never be rich and famous. I, I might as well pack it up, uh -huh. you know. But I mean, obviously, that's... yeah. I, I think that's the. I think. I. Th I mean, I think for a lot of people, that's the. That's the hurdle, you know. And then when you're backed up against the wall, you're like, well, I don't have a choice. I have to pull the trigger. But I didn't have that problem. Actually, I did have that problem with music, and you helped me through it. Actually, now that I think about it, and then the second album wasn't as hard to make. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's part of it. Is that or yeah, that's a lot a, of it? That's a real stark example. Yeah. Is you're a prolific songwriter and recording artist, yeah. and for a, over a decade had been writing and recording, and you had literally never released anything. Yeah, I had three songs recorded that I'd not put out in any way. Yeah, and yeah. until I came along, and you're mid thirties by that point. Yeah. And was like, let's do this, and, yeah. you're, and you're and you were like, oh, okay, and then that sort of opened the floodgates for you to record in uh, other albums. And uh, whereas for me, as soon as I wrote a song, I recorded it and made people listen to it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you're going to listen to my stupid songs whether you <laughs> like it or not. All right, the last one, Birdo, is intellect, imagination. This is their word for openness to experience. What number are you? Oh, so this one was a 84. Ooh, 84. You got 84. Yeah. Oh, 84 buddies. We're identical. That's hilarious. So let me read what you and I are generally. We're, we're you know, 84. We're curious. We're inventive. We're open to change. We're creative. We're open to trying new things. We're happy to think about abstract concepts. 
we are happy to think about theoretical concepts and we're a complex thinker and we're deep thinkers. Um, we are not someone that likes a routine and that likes to be cautious. We like to take risks. Mm-hmm. Does this ex- describe us, Brito? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking. And yeah. we are consistent and maybe have been this way since we were very young, right? Yeah. Starting with Legos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's interesting, you know, that these things hold together, right? That you would have uh, intellect, you have a high intellect, you have a high imagination, that you are open to new things. Right. Like curious. I, I'm only, so I'm a little surprised about agreeableness, but in the end, I sort of understand it. I, I would have put myself more in the 70s, but whatever. Uh, conscientiousness was the one where I was like, yeah, it's going to be low, but it, I'm surprised how low it was. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, you could have answered it a little. Maybe. A little that way. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe on average, like, other people are more organized than you. Yeah. Uh, which I could see, because, you know, you're not, you. no one would call you organized. It's just weird, though. It's hard to imagine, given my life, life and yeah, stuff, yeah. that 74% of the rest of the world but is. I don't, it's, but I don't think it's a measure of, like, how much of a disaster your life is. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's an orientation. When push comes to shove, you just don't organize, you know, that in a way that other people who are higher on the scale will. Right. You know, on average. And yet, what's so interesting, because I've done some very complex projects where, uh, not only for work, where I had to plan things uh, years in advance and plant seeds in a whole bunch of different places and really yeah hmm. now but maybe within that i still wasn't as organized as one might expect i i don't know you know it's like one of those things where like because i'm really interested in something i go ahead and i make sure that uh that i i i get it done mm-hmm. but maybe i was still cramming in each one of the individual pieces you know mm. yeah right yeah i i, th- I think maybe one distinction is you're organized, if you're high on conscientiousness, you're organized about things you don't even necessarily care to be organized about just because you like to be organized. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you're organized about things you want to be organized about that are that give you pleasure or give you intellectual That's a good stimulation. Point. Yeah, yeah. I'm organized about things that I don't even care about. Like, right. I'm organized about... Um, who you know people who died and and the amount of documents that are even open right now like I have all the patrons on this page right. that I, I pre-organized by month you know and, and and all my notes that I take on the podcast and, and all this stuff it's, it's I, I like that it, it, I feel better when I have my bullet points and yeah. um, so I, maybe that's the distinction you know so so when it comes when you need to, you're organized. Yeah, yeah. But you're not like by default organized. That makes sense. Yeah. So final word, Berto, on the big five personality test. What do you think? I think this is useful. This one is certainly more useful than some of the other things we were talking about, <laughs> like the astrology and stuff. Uh, I have some discoveries I, that I think I made, uh, agreeableness and, and a bit on the conscientious side. It also is, I think, one of the most useful things is talking through and and talking through examples and right because then that all helps you reflect right. I've taken this test many times, but this is the first time, uh, like you're saying, that I've really 
you know, talked it out and went like, mm-hmm. huh, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, by the way, this is all for Patron L from California, who wrote in and said, "Can you and Berto take the Big Five test on a podcast and discuss the results? I think it would be funny." <laughs> well, that well, does it for it everyone. Funny. <laughs> and by the way, you can take this exact test by going to openpsychometrics.org and uh, you know, clicking around for the Big Five test. The specific URL is openpsychometrics.org slash test slash IPIP dash BFFM slash. And everyone out there, let us know what you think and take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs>